was like, oh shit. And like, so they arrived. I'm like, oh lads, really fucking sorry. I forgot to say. Oh, I bought a tray of cans. Oh, would you miss? Stop fucking talking. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's the start of the show. That's just and gonna... uh, I pray it's raining outside. Cause my tears have long dried. And my love, like the tide, has gone out. Forgive her, the silent killer. Welcome to Tesla East and episode 252 and it's me Gary P and of course it's the prof, it's Carl Riley. Hoops a palooza. Hoops a palooza prof. Um, we'll talk more about that in a while but it's a horrible, disgusting morning in the hotbed of Dublin 12. Um, Wednesday afternoon at 1pm. When's the last time we recorded no, this time? I can, actually, I don't think we've ever, have we done something like this before? It's hot, it's sticky, it's disgusting. Just helped me build off work, so here we are. Yeah, so, um, yes, of course, Ocean Electrical and Leinster Credit are fantastic sponsors. Check them out. They are superb. Um, we are also in the process of procuring a new recipe for Green Ribbon. It's coming, and we're going to hope to get it into the suite when the construction work is done. But more on that with less of the campaign talk, Prof. Um, this week we'll talk another heavy European defeat in Hungary. Most of the show is dedicated to the ultras as the newer and the older generation come together in an undisclosed location to share stories from the group in the last 20 years. I felt this could have gone on a lot longer. Mm-hmm. I felt there could have been a lot more. But they're a secretive group and this is a fly-on-the-wall look at the culture that exists within it. There's not much... You're not going to get any huzzah moments. There's nothing being revealed. It's just cool stories from a cool bunch of blokes who pretty much introduced Ultras culture to Ireland. And I find, that's what I found fascinating about the whole thing. Is they're the ones who came up with this brand new thing to Ireland that didn't exist. And introduced it into the football scene. And that's the insight I wanted to gather. I think we did it quite well, Prof. I, I absolutely loved it. I mean, where else would you hear a podcast like this? Um, it was very cool. And a big thanks to all the lads for actually doing it. Um, they were they're very very proud of what they did. Um, yeah. Very very cool fellas, and even to have a current member in to talk about cultures and links and pretty much that's it. Like and it, that's all it was. It was just talking about the culture, the, trying to the, promote it and to give an insight into what they're trying and what they're trying to do because there is a bit of a you could say people do think differently of them at times of the ultras. So it was more yeah. so to kind of level yeah. that playing field as well. I was fascinated by that as well. Built the kind of the attitude towards the ultras. I was, uh, quite enjoyed the pride from the older generation down to the newer. Yeah. When we're talking about displays and favourite displays, but we'll we'll come back a bit later on. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Left me with a bit of editing work, but I won't, <laughs> I won't complain too much. The texts the next morning. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so 4 0 away to Ferenc Faros in the Conference League first leg. Prof Graham Gartland has left SRFC TV commentary team. He's replaced by Baza Morphy on comms alongside Com for the Ferenc Varos game. Bolt from the blue. I'm not sure what prompted it, Prof, but we wish him all the best. Gert, yeah. a friend of the show, has helped us out with many a live show and um, sad to see him go. Oh, we've, we've, we've said this many times. We're massive fans of Graham Gart and his analysis is top quality. So it's said for the rest of the season, we don't know if is this the end or what. But is the match of the day post still open? Uh, well, hopefully, hopefully he gets taken on. He's done version media a few times, hasn't he, in RTE? So uh, he'd be absolutely wasted if he wasn't. Yeah. He utilised elsewhere. Um, but yeah, now we have Baz, who, to be honest, you know the way when you're in a pub and you're not really tuned into the commentary yeah. so I can't even give you any feedback to be honest oh, we but, were just sinking points and yeah. watching us get hammered That's <laughs> we you... were getting hammered watching us get hammered <laughs> did you see any feedback to Baz like, uh, it's not nothing no, negative anyway not really, so. not really. Yeah. so we'll uh, we will, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely have some feedback eventually with the team prof we tell Kenny and Bortz started Bortz only starts um, it came in the Leicester Senior Cup so I was positive I mean we both predicted board to start we wanted him to start he has got something about him he's got that explosive that explosive reaction that we miss like the likes of a Mandrew has where he can just produce a amazing dribble out of nowhere epitomised by what he did at the, start, at the, of the start of the game so that type of thing is what we're missing so we've he showed what we've been missing from him because he's been injured and it shows what we've been missing in the team the pace and like you said that explosive yep exactly uh, movement but um, unfortunately but in general we started the game very well yeah I mean we we came out all guns blazing and we should have been one up with the chance that we spoke about where he mazy dribbled went by two people left foot good save from the keeper and then um, the inevitable early goal the inevitable early goal but the fashion of the goal was something I never thought I'd see um, first of all Alan Manis I was so distracted by how bad the goal was. I forgot. It didn't dawn on me. Adam Manis came out for a corner and punched it. He does not do that very often. Well, he doesn't. He likes his And the line. fact that that led to the goal as well. But, I don't know. Describe it, A random balloon shot from outside. Deflected. Deflected and... He just totally missed the ball. He's watching it come down under the bar. Equivalent of a striker missing a tap-in via an air swipe. No connection with the ball. It's as bad a goalkeeper mistake as you will ever see. I can't believe it's Mr. Reliable Alamanis did it. It's shocking. I, 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 like I'm speechless. Like I can't believe it happened. Let's be honest. But, but we'll yeah. we'll have to move forward and we well, won't dwell on it because... Well, like I said, the inevitable early goal, girl, death taxes and robbers conceded in the first 20 minutes of a oh, European stop, away match. Man. Um, I, don't know if, was, I don't know if this was Stafford or... Or uh, Ben Stafford, but uh, he says last six away games, conceding first, sixteenth minute, sixteenth minute, nineteenth minute, tenth minute, ninth minute, thirteenth minute. Something's got so, so like that's it's killing us. It's literally killing us in every single game. We had Darren with us watching the game. Uh, Shout out to Darren Hogg. Yeah, big fan of the podcast. Yeah. Um, so that that was really nice. All the stuff he was saying to us. He was asking me, like, oh, what bet should I do? Like, first goal score. I was just like, just bet on a goal in the first 20 minutes. Yeah, Get yourself yeah, a, few, yeah. a few, few points out of it. But, um, not, having said that, I wouldn't back against us, obviously. It's not something I do. I certainly wouldn't back against us and then brag about it on Twitter 
like some people, <coughs> Sean Cummins. But uh, we move on, Gar. The purge of new fans needs to begin. Or just school them in what needs to be done. I think there was possibly... I think the old school fans and the new school fans, the new school fans who kind of just experienced trophy after trophy and success possibly need to be sat down maybe with some of the elder statesmen and just told this is how it is you know there's i don't think a public forum is there really you're obviously entitled to have your opinion but public forums like twitter or x that's mad they're not really there for this type of criticism i think and then you'll have people saying you shouldn't have to criticize the team i think there's a time and a place for these type of things we'll discuss reaction afterwards. yeah, yeah. ramirez on 32 um uh, great strike in fairness get all the space mm. in the world he just it was like a breaking ball from outside the box took a touch beat a player left foot and buried took a deflection took a deflection yeah and uh, game over 32 minutes game over yeah well, at this point general thoughts and her performance like our ball retention again is poor Hor has actually been decent the last couple of games yeah he could like I, I think I've read somewhere about Hor. a couple of people online talking about Hor. they wouldn't hold on to him Hor is a brilliant defender for a domestic uh, our domestic league and he's a good player people are mad good good player but just a similar theme of what we've been saying <sighs> giving away the ball a lack, just a general lack of confidence in our play all the time I know we're playing did anyone expect to win this game they're, they're a level above us let's be honest <coughs> but in general there's a lack of confidence throughout the team which is dispiriting I think um, Forky mentions it in a minute or two or in, in a while on the, on the old says anyone who thinks that we were going to beat Ferenc Farros is off their fucking head I think is the mm-hmm. quote but I mean Klaxvik can do it I mean they're part time and it's it's an interesting su- subject but I think ultimately I think the, the odds are there for a reason and the odds were way stacked against us and uh, we'll have time prof and then we thought we could come out fighting or we thought we'd come out and change it and do something and then did you though um, 47 minutes Triari. bullet header Triari yeah bullet header but <clears throat> again I said this last week didn't I I'm not a pessimistic person I really don't think I am but during half time I thought to myself French Farris made it 3-0 right at the start of the second half last year they're probably going to hit us again not only did they score in the same minute the same player scored as last year 47 it's, it's actually sick it's the ultimate deja vu yeah but yeah then 4-0 again. yeah 4-0 on 74 as well this is the one that irked fans the most um, Sean Kavanagh under no pressure and literally your man just turned on the, the turbo jets Cavo was left for dead Cavo left for dead out muscled out paced and uh, they finish it off eventually and it pretty much was the cherry on top of a poor performance all around and we're all Europe pretty much prof, unless we come up with a 4-0 win at home and win on penos or 5-4 <clears throat> I'm, you know my glass it's always half full but I don't think can't, it's that half full can't be that half full can't be that half full so. they were always going to be way too good for us um, I didn't leave we, we watched the tearing area in a lot of the points guys I didn't leave too heartbroken but obviously I didn't want it to be 4-0 either I thought keep the score down keep the second leg interesting and it was another route exact same as last year yeah um, one fan was thrown out for breaking a seat uh, my thought was at least get it back to Johnny Bill's bar you know Is, what I mean? was that one of ours if you're going to break the seat yeah. come back with it you know? um, I kind of fell behind the chat over the last few days but in general how did the folks get on in Budapest from 
Yeah, they had a great time. Reading? It's a great city. Um, I was there <coughs> a, couple, geez, a couple of years ago. Um, just a brilliant city. Uh, very cool, cheap enough. Uh, I think everybody had a ball. Uh, pizza bar slash strip club, which is one of the... Standard. Which is one of the things, I think, a few of the Rovers fans were having a beer or whatever, and then all of a sudden, I think a button got pressed, and then it was like, oh, you're in a strip club now. Is the Poles one just go, shoo. Yeah, yeah the, the walls turn around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the police come, and the walls turn back, and yeah, it's just the pizzeria again. Yeah, so happy enough with it, but listen. Um, small enough crowd, obviously, but... Obviously not nice to be sitting there watching the hoops lose four 0 but no, it sounds like people had a good time anyway. It was, it was their it was the last European trip of the year, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, hope people had a good time. We didn't make it ourselves unfortunately, but um, that's it for Europe for one for another season, Gear. Oh, that's it, Prof. Don't and those uh, get it over here. Other results, Prof. We'll talk about this. Well, now well. general reaction. I didn't. To be honest, I maybe the people who listen to the podcast they're used to more. We're reading out stuff and all. Maybe that hasn't as much as that lately. But it's because so many cabbages online with this farmer in that I just I don't ha- don't have it in me to even go through social media. It is. But the, they were out in force. But I will say, <laughs> do you know what I will say? The Rovers forum is kind of dead. SRFC forum, Facebook chat. I'm not. I don't. I don't. No, I, I don't read it. Hardly ever read it. The new LMS group. That actually, yeah, no. It's it's turned into something good. I followed it the other night, yeah, and it was it was quite. There's, ha- there's days where I'm like, that's it, I'm I'm leaving, and then there's days like that where it's like, thank God I didn't. But leave. there's some really good chat on it. Yesterday we got yeah. a really good discussion going about what we need to do as going forward off the field and stuff like that. Targeting members, targeting new fans, some really good stuff in it. So if you like, I said, if you do, if you're interested in getting into the Rovers or the the B team, Tifties group, let us know. Maybe we shouldn't call it the derogatory reserve group anymore. It's obviously it's gone up in stature now. Reserves, reserves. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I especially don't have time for fans of other clubs. Conness and embarrassment and all this. That yeah. doesn't get to me anymore. I've no time for it. It used to get to me where they'd say, oh, hundred fans to Budapest and Rovers gone out of Europe." That doesn't get to me anymore because I know where we are as a club. I know where we are and where we stand at, our stature. And I just think, okay, that's no problem. Have your day on Twitter where you give out and you you can take the piss out of Rovers. Get, have it because football's fleeting. It's what we always say. Like they live in the moment. Take it, enjoy it. But like, we'll be we'll, we'll see what happens in November. I hope and that doesn't come back to bite me. Some of the posts you wouldn't know <coughs> that were four points clear at the top of the league. Mm. You have to you read it and then you're like, hang on, let me open up. Live score here. Oh yeah, we're actually four points clear. Yep, we were in a group stage eight months ago, Gary. Eight months ago. Now, when I went to Sweden in November, was it? I I'm not gonna say I thought this is it now for a while. We won't get groups. Of course, back then I was like, we've got two points here. We're after resting players in league games to to seal the league. Hopefully, we can have a better crack. That's that was the phrase, wasn't it? A crack. Better, better crack at it next year. Yes, I was in that line of thinking, but to be honest, at the same time, I was thinking we might not get back here again. We might not get the look of a Hibs in the first round. I know. You gotta enjoy this while you can. Um, if you look at us group stages, twenty eleven, we flopped the following year. Dundalk twenty sixteen group stages didn't do that in the following year. Dundalk twenty twenty were the biggest joke in the League of Ireland history. Yeah. The following year, and ourselves, we made a four out of four. League of Ireland group stage qualifications didn't follow it up the following year. 
So that's miserable stuff. <laughs> it's a bit of a pattern, but it's the four in a row, isn't it? It's yep. We can still bread and butter, prof. We can still complete our task. I genuinely do think that we have the resolve and the steel to get this over the line. I think that Sunday's massive. We'll talk about that in a while, but we'll talk about other mm. other results, prof. We breed a blick who are playing tonight. They have uh, the Copenhagen game. Who is in Copenhagen, prof? Uh, apparently me because booking.com my hotel have emailed me twice now saying we're looking forward to welcoming you I <laughs> yeah like, I cancelled yeah. you <laughs> I cancelled you the other day yeah um, but there is there's a rake of hoops possibly gone on the DL I wouldn't know booking.com are trolling me mm. that's what's happening so Breedabrick lost 2-0 Copenhagen so their return leg is tonight in Copenhagen could see a few green and white scarfs uh, Key Klaxvik drew Nilala home to Hacken Conference League, Drew Gordon's lost two and a home to Swiss side Lucerne, and there was another monster of a result, prof. 97th minute, I think it was, Ludogretz went out. Was it not the 12th minute of injury time? I think, I think it, it was. was yeah. Slow, Ljubljana, I think it was, they went out to. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable save. And Ludogretz are gone. It's very rare you actually see a, a great penalty save. Normally it's just what? like a, a, Brilliant, bad, wasn't a it? bad penalty keeper went the right way. This was an outrageous. He got outrageous. a good hand on it and it, it kind of went up into the air. It looked yeah. really, really good. And they scored in the 93rd minute as well. And then they conceded a penalty <laughs> and they said, imagine the scenes. Oh, did you watch the scenes? Did you watch the, the keeper running to the other end? No, I didn't, even, I just, I, no, I didn't even see it because I thought the man. game was still on. Brave man. Yeah, yeah. No, Brilliant ab- stuff. Absolute scenes in uh, Slovenia. Uh, we also had Aris Limassol. So not not the club we played, but they conceded five goals over two legs to Batty Borisov and still went through. I saw that. It was 11-5 was the overall six, aggregate score. 6-2 and 5-3, yeah. Um, yeah, Dundalk next, is it? Dundalk, 3-1 to KA in Iceland from what I was hearing today. From Johnny Ward, Dan McDonald. They reckon that the toy is not dead. They reckon they could probably bring it back to Oriel. Um, Speaking of Dan McDonald, I uh, haven't listened to LOI Central in a few weeks for obvious reasons. It's been a miserable few weeks. Um, apparently this week's discussion is, is Rovers' season a failure even if they win the league? I was going to touch on that. Um, I, I wouldn't even... like. I mean, I like discussion. Um, and we like... That's an embarrassing question. It's an embarrassing question. It really is. Like... What? How? How are you supposed to answer that with a logical football brain? And take the bias over because we're Rovers fans. Like it's crazy. It's nuts to even think like that. And it's it's I don't know. Is that a cheap shot? Is it? Is it lazy journalism? Maybe they were stuck for something to say. I don't know. But it's probably getting worse by the week on LOI Central. Dan has Dan is normally brilliant. Yeah, he's had some bad takes recently. He has some bad takes. Yeah, I think so. And he gets very defensive as well online. Um, with these bad takes Derry beat Coops 2-1 at the Roy McBroy Brandy well so that's a good start for them they have to go abroad now and bring home a result um, I would yeah I'd expect Derry to get through there yeah. do you think Dundalk will come back? Uh, it depends it depends it really does if they play anything like they can which they can play with good football at the time at home they keep Hoob and fit mm. they could yeah 2-0 win at home is not def- definitely not the, probably, the worst thing in the world probably better for us to get through isn't it? Mm. Uh, Roy Gaffney's leading the poll for July Player of the Month as we speak. The grimmest <laughs> poll we've ever put up. He's way out in front there. Second to probably yeah. the goal of the month. I was going to say, I noticed it wasn't the goal of the month poll. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another goal for Lua last week. Uh, Simon Little. <laughs> the other day, I meant to text you. Oh, how did I forget? 
He. Do you know when you're should have got a selfie? He, you know when you're putting stuff in your. He he does. He had a chicken fillet, right? Did he, did he miss? He missed. Yes. I, I I couldn't believe it in texture. I don't know why. So I was. He had a water for bag on. And, and then you said, and that's why you're in Prof. He, he threw the chicken fillets and I hit the rim and fell off. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, where is Carl? Where is Carl? Oh, I love it. Um, Still chasing that move to Crystal Palace. Yeah. Uh, Liam Scale started for Celtic versus Wolves in Dublin. So a very, very productive season <clears> for him last year. This is the case now, I think, where players like that on the periphery, on the fringe... Just about on the first team, this is where they get judged preseason, and then I'd say the first couple of games they'd be told, right, you can find the move yourself now. Um, very, very well thought of in Aberdeen. Um, the other Barstool Fest is this Sunday, two hours before our Cork game. So I'm hoping and I'm praying that it doesn't have a big effect on our Cork attendance. This is one of the biggest games in Bradley's tenure. We need a massive crowd for it. Season tickets are valid, of course. They, we know that, but you need to go and use it. Go to the South Stand, go to the East, go to the and support us. We need them more than ever here. Um, Bit of a night, nightmare weekend in general, though, um, wasn't yeah. it? The Celtic on the Saturday and the All-Ireland final on the Sunday. Yeah. If you're asking me what my nightmare <laughs> scenario is, that's, that's probably it. That's prof in a nutshell, yeah. yeah. Um, some people saying they're up for Kerry. Because, you know, all the reasons Thomas Davis tried to kill the club and so on. I actually didn't, never said I was up for Kerry because that would imply I care. Yeah, yeah, you just don't care. Maybe, do you know that scene I always say in Batman where he blows up the field? He has the nuclear physicist on the on the, oh, yeah. on the the field. I think it's the one with Bane. And Bane just blows up the whole field. I think that's what you probably wanted, isn't it? I thought you were going to say Joker burned the money. <laughs> no, well, that, that was hell. <coughs> Daryl Horgan's over the dock. Good signing, let's be honest. But I was looking at his stats. One goal in 90 games for Wickham. Were they, where were they playing him? I don't know. One goal in 90 games. So, listen. A bit like Tell when we brought him back. Yeah, he, yeah. He probably he played more defensive, I think, didn't he? In, I'm not uh, sure. He probably would help England. us pace-wise if he still has it. I, I'd say he'd probably fit in, but very nostalgic signing for Dundalk. And how do you feel about us not making a signing? Um, I think there's a lot of factors to it. And there's a lot of factors to a budget, um, squad depth. We probably could have done with one, considering the injuries. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, like like I said, we probably could do it one or two. But in saying that, we've got Bort, who's fit now, who I'm hoping I've got big, I've uh, a big hopes for, and Nadge, who looks unbelievable. Definitely going to get more game time. So I think we'll be able to get it over the line. Um. I think that's all I'll say on that. But Ireland finished their World Cup campaign with a 2-1 defeat to Canada and a nil-all draw with Nigeria. And Abby Larkin came off the bench again and both on your garment started against Canada. The girls in green took an early lead from Kate McCabe's goal direct from a corner. And the controversy continues, Prof, with Kate McCabe after the game. Yeah, I was fascinated by that, yeah. Where she uh, directed Vera Pau to make a sub and Vera Pau declined. I've never seen them before, have you? No. Um... I won't talk too much about it, but I think the gaffer's the gaffer. Mm. And the public domain is probably not the place to be talking about this type of thing. So it's a mess. It really is a mess. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens from, from and I, Again, I'm, I don't want to say I told you so, because obviously, I don't know if anyone expected Ireland to go with a group or anything. We just wanted to sort of hold our own, maybe. Yeah. And qualification was the it. result. Was it, Qualification was the triumph. Yeah, but did I not say in this podcast for East why would you offer your manager a contract before a World Cup? 
because shit can go down. Mm. I'm not saying the Caden McCabe thing will. I think they pretty much said right in the end of this, but I think they said right here's your reward for getting us there. But just play the World Cup. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and then talk about contracts. I think that's what it was. They probably just said, "Listen, well done. Here you go. Keep her here because she qualified. She got mm. qualified. They probably wanted to tear her down. Probably thought there maybe, could have been. There could have been. Maybe she was in demand. Yeah, true. exactly. I don't know the ins and outs of, but yeah. I just I've seen it happen with the men's team a few times now, and the FEI just cannot help themselves. <laughs> the contracts. Can we get like <laughs> FEI uh, man? We had a commentator on ITV1 said, Abby Larkin coming on from Shamrock Rovers. Yes. So we got a shout out on the English channels. And you you said this, Gareth, quote from Peter Collins. Uh, they, they'll rest on their Lawrence. They'll rest on their Lawrence. I knew you'd like that one. They'll rest on their Lawrence. Peter Collins. Rest on their Lowry. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a different thing that's altogether. Different. Um, so the women's under 17 is defeating Glasgow Rangers 3-0 to win the Super Cup. And Northern Ireland Vase final, so Melissa Kane travelled on the coaching staff, so good win there. And another new signer for the Rovers women's team, Scarlett Heron, under 19 international player of the year, joins us from Athlone, so a real, real uh, prestigious signing. Did you see that? Prestigious. <coughs> see that we had the tease for new signing, imminent, or whatever the phrasing was. And then someone replied underneath it, it's too late! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> think it's the women's team. I think it was the men's. Academy results, Prof. Men's 19s lost 1-0 in Cove. Cove are doing bits. Women's 19s won 5-2 in Cork. Men's 17s beat Treaty 3-1 at Rosestone. And the men's 15s beat Treaty 4-0 at Rosestone. 14s were at home as well, winning 3-1 against Dundalk. So, um, good, res- good, we- good results for the Rosestone. Um, prof, next up, we have starting 11s. Predictions. <laughs> Right, Prof. So, Gary, Gary, you can vouch from here. I actually have gone to the effort yeah, of picking actually, teams. The pen but, has been whipped out. But I think we're going to scan up the same teams, so I'd probably waste my time. Okay, so I'm going to go fairest for us. Um, well, I, yeah, I'm saying Paul's second leg, and I'm saying Man is Cork. Yeah. I think you're the same, are you? Yeah, I'm going to... Actually, I'm, I'm scribbling here. Okay, so I'm going to go Paul's against Farish Faros. Grace Pico Hor. Cavo on the left, so I'll give you a choice. What's Nugent in the middle, Gannon on the right? What's a Nugent? Yeah, what's we a are, Nugent? We are a different stuff. I was gonna say, but then I was looking at the, just I was looking at in general. What's what's a Nugent in the middle? Um Greener up top with Bork and I wanna see Nadge. No, Bort. Bork and Bort. Um hold on to Nadge for later. But Bort get minutes in the legs as much as possible because he does look exciting. Very good fee. Let's see what he gets on. And I'm gonna go uh we'll go one all. One I'll draw. One I'll draw. Yeah, I got the uh, same same back five. Uh and I'm gonna go Poom, Gary O'Neill, Burt, Towel, although he didn't he wasn't the best in Hungary, but I'm gonna say Towel and Green with a view to Sunday. Mm. So I'm not starting green against Cork. So I'm saying I'm saying green for this one. I remember when we came back from Nuda Gretz at home in the second leg. Green actually put in a great shift. So I'm hoping maybe something will expire him again. Yep. He'll get a goal. Um, not that it means much, but it will be nice to get a result anyway. Yep. So Cork. Yeah, I'm going to go Manus. Grace Pico Cleary. I'm going to go through my thought process on this, Prof. Uh, mm-hmm. No choice, so Cavo on the left. I'm going to go Gary O'Neill and Poom in the middle. Are you going horror again? Yeah. No, no. I'm keeping horror off. Next. So we've got a Finn here, do we? Yeah, Finn on the yeah. right. I think a skipper's performance is needed here. 
Yeah. Gary O'Neill and Poom. I'm going to go Nadge, Gaff and Bort. Um, it's currently not working. So I think we need to change. Personnel, I think, is the change. I don't think... I think we can still play the way we play and be effective. But I think Poom, who has got a pass in his locker, he's obviously going to be looking for Gaff. And I want the wingers running in and around and making that space. So you've got real runners there with Nadge and Bort with pace. And I think that's going to be essential. So Gaff holding up the ball and finding those little wingers, finding that that perfect pass with a bit of pace there. Now I know we've no pace on Cavo and Finn, but I think we'll be able to work it up there anyway. Cleary as well, who I told you already, we know he has a great pass in his locker. He could probably find Nadge and Bort as well. A little bit of space, big pitch, find them out wide, and then we can work it in from there. Nadge and Bort having that pace and trickery, and then hopefully Gaff is fit actually. But I'm going to say two one, two one, get it over the line against Cork. And then focus on the league from there on in. Yeah, we have the same team against Cork. Um, yeah, I'm liking your thinking, Gaff and Nash. I noticed we both dropped Watts from both games. Um, prediction, yeah, I'm going to say a 2-0 win. So our, if we didn't win against French Farris, then it would be our first win in eight games. Wow. Um, so six games without a win at the moment. It's the worst since April 2018. Under Brazzer. Okay. That was actually ended with a home win over Cork, funny enough. 3 0. Um, if it was to stretch to seven, it'd be the worst since the last nine games of 20, 2008. And then we lost another game at the start of 2009 before the first game in Tata. So, yep. there's the stats. So that's it. Very, thanks, Bob. And also, our last goal from open play was by Rory Gaffney, a home to Derry on June 26th. Yeah, we discussed this, didn't we? Discussed this during the Ultra Spot. Um, yeah, so, uh, Prof, that is it. And we have the Ultra Show coming up now, so two hours. So, buckle in the origins of an Irish Ultra. So, welcome to Tales from the East End. It is a live special, Prof. It's been a while. We are in Kempes Bar. In a secret location. So this one has been in the bank for a while. It's the origins of an Irish ultra. So this is your baby girl. It's something that I've, I've I love the culture. It's something I wanted to always delve into, and we've been accommodated by the lads who are who are going to give us a bit of a background into the group, the culture, everything around it. So the gang of lads here. We've got first and second generation, the ones who started the group. And then once we took over and, and uh, lead it on with it. So the first couple of questions, it's going to be nice and easy. We're going to talk to everybody around the table. They feel like they can jump in. We won't be talking over. It's just going to be good. So we're going to start off with the first question. The two people in the group right now who actually founded the group. we forking with Kempes. So the origins of the SRFC Ultras 2001. Before that, had you an interest in the culture and what sparked the reason you actually started the group we'll go to you Kempet yeah I, I think um, at the time there was a Italian football was on Channel 4 on Sundays and people were seeing big displays and matches and some of the teams would be throwing jacks rolls out on the pitch and flares and all that kind of stuff so that was going on but I don't think at the time it was on no but, no, but we were won, yeah, was in the league. 90s the early 90s yeah, yeah, before that yeah, right? yeah, yeah. but the year we won the league with Ray Tracy around that time there was a couple of you know people, people had started to make flags and bring flags to matches and People were handing out leaflets saying, oh, we'll do a lavy roll day in bowls. And there was the roll match up and there was one cup match up in Daily Mount was a massive big. People were going in with like, like black sacks full of toilet rolls over their shoulder, walking in the gate. And like, there was one game where like, the whole This box, is pre-2001. Oh, yeah. This is, yeah. Like, four or five years before. Yeah. Way back. 
But there was one game in Daily Mount where like, the whole literally the whole box were covered in jacks rolls and streamers and stuff and then people were lighting fires and, light, and everything. Yeah. That was the four two game, wasn't it? <clears throat> there was a massive bonfire in the middle of the cup series. match, cup replay. There was yeah. people like this was this was when Daily Mount was good. So you, you Forky and Kempis, you were friends, obviously, and you went to games together. Uh, no. We knew we, no, yeah, we weren't friends. We knew each other, though. Yeah, so you but knew. I just knew him. I heard that, that mad fella. He was the first person to bring a big flag on a pole. And it was made out of a tent, basically. <laughs> <laughs> all, the poles all stuck on top of each other. Yeah, and he yeah. had a big, huge flag. And he used to run up and down the front of the terrace in the RDS with it. And that was the first time he said, oh, there's that mad bastard with the flag. So you know? There were different things going on for a few years where... Different people were making flags and bringing flags, and people were giving out leaflets and saying er, er, everyone, some everyone, bring, everyone bring Jack's roll to Daily Mail. It was the fanzine culture around the same time as well. Yeah, yeah. So that was all bubbling away for a few years, and then we, off, and then we said, then the web came along. And exactly. And the, 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 the internet. The, the internet was just yeah. start. Yeah, Yahoo. So the internet pretty the much Yahoo was a directory. It wasn't like Google. You couldn't really search. There was like categories, and then there was one was Hools and Ultras, and you'd but click you on communicate. <laughs> and there was all these pages. Like you had Roma Ultras had a page. You had. Uh, there was different groups, Rapid Vienna, what's the one yeah, in Moscow, Spartan. You could Moscow see what was happening and around Europe, like and also you could communicate with each other in yeah. a way that was never possible before. Right. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. That, that was a big, big So the internet was things. a good thing as regards to you finding out what you were interested in. So you there's no other way you would have known about it, am I right? You were seeing videos of other fans doing stuff in other countries and, and images of it, which you wouldn't have seen before. Like, I mean, as well, yeah, there was some, some fella, Pats would do the odd flare every now and then. Do you remember they used to have a flare? And they didn't have a group, though, at the time. They probably went on to form. Whatever I think it was close enough. They were a few months after us. Yeah, so I posted a message on, on, on the Rovers with the chat forum at the time, on one of the message boards, and said, Is anyone interested in forming an ultras group? We get together and you try and get something going. And then a few of the lads replied back, and then we had the we had the first meeting then one Sunday down the flowing tide pub in town. Yeah, yeah like that's, see, the, the thing as well, was we were in Santry at the time. <clears throat> so we were all like Rovers hadn't really won anything since they won the league in '94, and that was a deadly season. We all went mad. <clears throat> it was a great atmosphere, and it just sort of gone downhill since then. And then obviously in Santry, it was just dead. So we were like, I have to do something. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. the club's fortunes, obviously there were we were homeless years, and we were in Santry, which is horrific stuff by all accounts from everyone that we spoke of it. So this was an accumulation of the internet exploding. <clears throat> The, the culture around Europe expanding and you guys coming together and pretty much saying and okay. I think there was a, a sort of a correct me if I'm wrong a, a knee jerk reaction do you remember the 6-4 I hate mentioning that no. <laughs> <laughs> a certain match in Sandry but anyway yeah we, we, we were in the cup the next week against Finn Harps and we decided to like make a bit of atmosphere I remember I remember going up yeah, there was air horns so you'd never get one into a game now uh, up in Finn Harps I remember the thing it froze and stuck in the hand <laughs> but that was a beating 3-0 was it so up in Harps anyway but this we'll, we won't then go to the after that yeah so it was around the same time yeah Yeah. so we won't go to the flowing toy yet that is going to be um, a talking point but had you any links in Europe prior to the formation of the Ultras and what groups do you admire yourself so what got you into it what did you see and you thought this is this is my type of thing I like it Kempes we go to yeah, yeah there was I'd seen a lot of videos online, photographs online of the Hammerby fans at Hammerby displays. There was a, there was some website that had different photographs of displays on, and they did a lot of stuff up at the time, you know. Um, and as I, as we said, right, who's interested in getting something together? And then we all just met up, and then we said, right, we'll try and get going. But one of the lads, Northside Hoop, as he was called at the time, he had a flag 
SRFC yeah, Ultras. Right, yeah. He's had yeah. it for about two years, but he just made it himself and used to hang it over the fence. Yeah, no, we so, thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah. and so yeah. when we were picking a name, then we said, right, <coughs> well, we have the flag already, so we might as well just go with that name. Do you well, know what I mean? as yeah. well, there was there was already another flag before that from Mandel's. 1994. No, not that one. It was Glenmalure number one. Yeah, yeah. it said yeah. SRFC Ultras, Ultras on it. Yeah, yeah. and we were only teenagers, and we seen this in the RDS hanging up. We were like, oh, that's bleeding deadly. That is. Like, so the um, term was ultras that, was, was that not a link with that, the that, other rapid the other sorry the other Vienna team was it no Austria, Austria Vienna in my no, head no no no, no. Um, Steve Seary yeah. who's stay, yeah. one of the original founders as well yeah. he said there was a one of his inspirations was I think it was a Vienna team rapid, rapid, rapid it would have been rapid yeah, yeah. yeah. so is that and Joe as well Joe yeah there would have been a, a link there as well maybe. Yeah. I knew. Well, I think, I I think what was kind of happening was there was you, you had Italian football live on TV. You had the internet, so you could see what was happening across Europe, and you had a lot of fellas with the same sort of ideas going. I like the look of that. Yeah. And we should have that at Rovers, and then the internet allowed us to communicate. So <coughs> all the like-minded people. There was only about I think it was eight of us, wasn't there? In at the, at the, at the start, five, and then, and then went expanded within a few months to to eight yeah and the internet allowed those eight to come together and basically they stayed together for 15 16 years like it wasn't easy though because there was a mindset here that it wasn't easy not not just getting stuff into grounds and all and dealing with the club they didn't like the look of this you know what i mean oh these are hooligans yeah yeah and but it was other fans as well they're like oh no that's not what we're you know they wanted the more sort of family club vibe no, kind of British, British kind of yeah. fan culture, singing, you know, singing at the odd time and all this kind of stuff, and yeah, more more like you'd have in England or Scotland or yeah. here even. Kind yeah. of suited us as well though. It, it but now we have a mixture of both, which is yeah. good. Like I don't, some of the st- stuff you see in Europe is too choreographed mm. in a way. Uh, Do you so, think it's 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 a bit? We had, we had a lot yeah. of objection from other fans. It's a bit robotic like, say, or something you bleed, like. Like, just get out of the way and all. Take down flags down and you know. Within rovers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, within. yeah, yeah. But we'll talk about the flowing tide now. I know it's been mentioned already. So that that meeting, who who was there? So we well, t- the two of us were there. Steve Siri, Steve Siri. So tell me about Dave, that. So you obviously all got in touch with each other. And said, who put that one? Mm-hmm. No, we got no, it. We got no, he, he hadn't. He was he came along later, but he he was running his own site at the time yeah. called the Hooperazzi thing, and he was <laughs> really his was he was really on the whole. Um, and petitions for to, you know for the ground and talent and everything. He had it in for your man in the school and all. Yeah, all uh, bond principal. Yeah, yeah, and he he was running the campaign. I remember he printed McCarthy, loads of these petitions for everyone to sign out, and I was going around pubs and all getting people to sign it and everything. So he was organising a different way, but he, he joined them a month or two later. I think he got. But tell me about the flowing tide. Tell me about that meeting. So we met we met one Sunday. <laughs> we met one Sunday in the flowing tide. One the lad, one of the founding members of the ultras. Uh, one of his mates was playing a heavy metal gig around the corner and. No, it wasn't. We Jack, just, Jack, Jack came along as well. I met well. Steve at Easton's, and it was a Sunday in town. You know, in town used to be dead. It's like, are we, meet, we meet the clock at Easton's. We meet there. So where are we go? This is I pre, don't know. pre-mobile phones. Yeah. So well, no one had a mobile? No. I had a mobile. I had a mobile. had a mobile in 1997, yeah. for God's sake. Not, not in the current. Steve, Steve just goes, oh, there's a pub around the corner flowing. So tell me about the meeting itself. So we met up on the pub. Forky is hijacking the thing. So tell me about the meeting itself. Who sat down? Who chaired it? Was there anyone? We had a meeting at about 3 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. We had a few points. You spilled your points all over the table. We said, right, what are we going to do here? We're trying to get a plan together. 
like we, we had the we had the SRFC Ultras flag that one of the lads had from, from previously and we said right we we try and you know organise a big display for one of the games and but the semi final was coming the up against were all flags and... homemade then it, it wasn't the one the way you could yeah, get them made yeah, now sure yeah? well you could get flags made but I think that's mm-hmm. against the spirit there was there yes, was, there was a place that made, made flags at the time but they were, it was very expensive were homemade yeah. for a long time yeah. but they still are like the, all the group's flags are hand painted like nothing yeah, will be ordered yeah, nothing bought except for fabric ultras would never really print a flag out yeah it wouldn't look great as I said like I like one of my like vivid memories and it's when you think of ultras it's one thing you, that you don't think of but vivid memory is Albert sitting in a scout down in Docky with a sewing machine yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like sewing the big pieces yeah. of material together to make it to make it material we're definitely going to get to that because that's something that we're fascinated about we yeah. want to we want to get to that but the flowing tide the aftermath of it what happened then we went were, you, to, were you all excited and just thinking yeah. okay something we're on the cusp of something here I, I went down to uh, with Steve I met Steve a few days later you were doing. We we went to your office at the time. Do you remember? Mm, yeah. And we painted up these things. They were meant to be like. Yeah. So we're, we're saying like, what's our plan here? We're going to get a website together. We we'll get srfcultures.net. We we'll, you know get some flags together. We we'll try and get a few quid together. Yeah. We we'll try and plan out a few big games over the course of the rest of the season. Going we to. went out. To, I remember going out to the boatyard. Uh, it's gone now, and, and we bought like a load of flares, like twenty-two flares. So fishing <laughs> shops, like yeah. And the first like Bullock Harbour. Bullock it's gone now, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, Massively. Now, before that, in the League of Ireland, there had been someone would score or something, and someone would pull out one flare kind of thing. But what we did that day it was something like 22 flares. What game was the, that? Was that in Tottenham? Semi final, no, in Tottenham. Yeah, it's. Yeah. 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 I mean, and it was behind the goal at the shopping centre end when that was open. And there was a huge crowd because it was right down Connacht Street. Yeah, Do you remember it? Yeah, yeah. it was, it was twelve thousand at that game. I don't think it was that much. No, there was. There was a huge crowd at the match. And yeah, that was the first road. big display. That and that was, was post the Flontoid meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was so that was the first big one. Well, no, actually, it wasn't. No, no it was, it was. we had shells in the quarterfinal, and we had we that was our first sort of display, and we got a load of these flares. I don't know, someone got out the back of Japanese cars or something in a yeah. showroom. <laughs> there was, there was, there was, there was a, and it was a yard. Up, they'd no, hot no, wax. They were those, you know, there was, there was the a yard up, up on a long line road somewhere that used to sell these Japanese import cars. And as a rule in Japan, you have to have a, a, a safety flare in your boots. You break down, you light your flare, you put it behind your car so no one crashes into you. Mm. So someone tweaked someone. that. You could go up to this, this yard and on, 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 the, on the... Steal them all out. Pretend you're buying, buying a car, look in the boots of all these cars, pretend you were checking out the cars and steal all the flares. Yes, it worked. They were rubbish because basically you lit them and they were like a candle. As Jonathan wrote about wax everywhere. Bits of hot flying wax going all over everyone and all. And they didn't even look good. They weren't like the ones used for boats, which are proper. Yeah. Uh, so that was the meeting, and that was the first. So the team. first, uh, that the first sort of attempt was that shells game, and it didn't. It was all right. I remember we handed out some homemade stickers and stuff. Uh, yeah, but I can so imagine that the fan base that were there now, they were thinking, "What's this? This is something new." Absolutely. You know, yeah. well, they were probably thinking these lads. Half of them were thinking, "Oh yeah, these are a bunch of idiots." Yeah. <laughs> who, who the fuck do they think they are? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, the so, th- so then you see the the gang was who said it originally. Uh, we all got to know each other then. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Some of us didn't know, hadn't, we knew each other to see, but we didn't know each other well. But then when we started getting to know each other and we started standing together at the games and meeting up and having meetings and planning stuff and things, we got, you know, became all mate, good mates with each other. And that, then the whole thing kind of snowballed then. And then, you know what I mean? So was there, was there ground rules or beliefs laid down? Like, I mean, what was the common goal or belief? What was the, just to, 
not not the end goal, but what was the goal, I believe, and what, what did you want to achieve? Did you want to create a scene? Did you want to create a culture? I didn't know. Did you even know that you were just doing it? No, we're just doing it. We just, just, just get get an atmosphere going at Rovers. Just doing it. So but, bad. But we did sort of say anything we do, and this was from very early on, um, was just about Rovers. Mm. Politics, any any sort of... Nonsense. Any nonsense outside of Rovers, just... So it was apolitical? A, totally, oh, yeah, totally, totally. So none of that came totally, into it? Which totally, totally. Yeah. Just about Rovers. And still should be the case. Whatever you do in your own life is your own business. Yeah. Yeah, people well, when we're at Rovers and we're doing other stuff, stuff you know? it's just Rovers. Nothing else. Nothing so else. That, there was never any infighting yeah. over... Let's oh, say well, we all had very different views. Yeah, yeah. very different. Yeah, you yeah. Know, but no, it was just about Rovers. Be different than, you know, well, we don't have to go down that yeah, road. Yeah, road. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's right. why we had to be. Yeah, right. So you met and you decided on the name SRFC Ultras. Was there any alternative names? Now I know we touched on this, and it had been around. The moniker had been around already. But um, what was the structure going forward? Was there teething problems as regards to maybe police presence? Yeah. And the, we'll talk about the name for us. Tell me about the name. Was there any other alternatives? Not really, because we had the, we had the flag already, so it was a bit of a no-brainer to just say right. Well, we have the flag yeah. already, so we might as well just go with the name. So and you just it was, went with it. was a good name, and 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 the, the name the domain name on the web is available as well. So we, so we settled, we settled on the name very quickly. <laughs> so teen problems as regards to as a as a group. Did you have any opposition from the club? Did you have any opposition from the guards or yeah. did, and anything like that? Yeah, I mean you're you're coming along from being flagpoles in the games. And, and you see, it was okay up until remember the England match in Lansdowne where they all ran amok. Then flagpoles were banned because I remember going to the FAI Cup final a few weeks later in Lansdowne and they were taking, they had a big bin at the end of the road taking flagpoles off people. And this is all because the, the, the England's, uh, remember they were all up in the West Stand throwing everything down. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So the guards clamped That down. infamous game in Lansdowne, yeah. Yeah, so I remember it was the FAI Cup final. What year was that? 96. 95 or something, yeah. But since then, yeah, like stuff like flagpoles and all was pretty much banned from ground. So we were trying to get the stuff in. They take it off you sometimes and give it back to you after the game and all. The Garda didn't put up that much opposition. No, it was the stewards. The media, the media didn't know what to make of us. Yeah, right. Because any, any particular journals? Well, yeah, it was, the was, there was anyway. Yeah, the Herald. Um, but there was a group called SRFC Ultras, right? And we, there was a link between the Green and White Brotherhood. And there was some groups within that, and this was on the, those links were on our website. So there were some groups within that, which were, whatever. So the media had never seen this before, and there was also the Fairmount Rovers, which were a separate entity altogether. Yeah. And the media couldn't, or chose not to distinguish between the two. Oh yeah, yeah. So just right. big so brush painted over this whole thing. Absolutely, and it was like. This group with links to right-wing neo-Nazis in Greece and so on, and putting up pictures from the links that were on our website. This is what's happening in Ireland. Organising, organising riots, organising, organising riots, and then so they really ran like, with it, didn't oh, they? Oh yeah, the Herald. But, but, yeah, well, yeah. the Herald. Right, inter, inter, but riots organised on the internet and all this, like. But the Love Ulster, the, the Love Ulster riots in O'Connell Street, the Irish Times ran with that. Yeah. SRFC ultras behind. No, that was not right. Well. That wasn't even there. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I remember getting a phone call at work one day. This fella rings me up and he says, "Hello, I, I'm from the Cork Examiner." Just you know, and uh, <laughs> that's enough to hang up straight away, isn't it? Are you? <laughs> he said, are, "Are you involved in the SRFC Ultras?" And I was like, "Yeah." And uh, he says, are, "Are you aware that there's a hooligan webpage in Holland and it has the as a link to your website 
listed on my webpage and I was like, no. And he's like, you know, have, have you any comment to make on this? And I was like, you're getting ready to get quoted in the paper. Well. I was like, uh, no. Like, he doesn't know what I'm about. He's like, he says, you know, if someone puts up a link to your website on their website, so like, you don't know what I'm about. Which yeah, who, the, who knows? The internet was in its infancy back then. It and was, the, yeah. the newspapers didn't know how to deal with it as well. So they were saying, oh, someone's linked to you. Do you know what I mean? It's what you can do with that. Yeah. That's like someone, you know, that's the equivalent of someone but, writing your name on the like, Yeah, but, 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 but it just was here. Yeah. It just goes to show how, like, in its infancy, the internet was at that stage. Well, that, like, it, yeah, 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 yeah. There was no videos yeah, yeah. of it as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, 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 yeah. it, there's an air of mystery and yeah. what the hell is going on here, sort of so thing. And there's no harm in that. You know what I mean? To and you didn't know extent, who anyone you know? was either, because it wasn't like now where you Facebook and things and people are using their real names. You could log into forums under multiple identities. You could have an argument with yourself. <laughs> I'm sure you did. I imagine you did. But anyway, after the examiner called, the next, I think the next day or the next two, two days later in the paper, there was an actually article in the paper saying, you know, SRFC Ultras deny hooligan links. <laughs> and they, they, they butchered the quotes. You know, SRFC Ultra spokesperson <laughs> denied this. It was a total hatchet job. You know what I mean? You know. So I can imagine you on the soapbox with the microphone in front of you. People got paid to do this. That's the mm. mad thing. Yeah, yeah. So in and around the same time, Shed End and Invincible Stay were formed a couple of months in the difference, okay? So it's a whole new element of um, policing for for like the Gardaí. They don't know what they're what's coming at them. <laughs> what um, they're doing. Yeah, exactly. But was there much opposition? I know we spoke about it already, but was there much opposition from the guards and did it take them much time to cop on? As regards to what the hell is going on here? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a whole new element of policing for them. Do you know what I mean? And was it was it an issue for them? It de- it depended on the ground a lot of it, didn't it? Talca and stuff was okay. I think it was places like obviously Daily Long, Mount, Longford, yeah. Longford, yeah. So some places very heavy handed. Don't dock, you know these sort of places and. I mean, even now, Daily Mount, it's probably struggled to get in anything there. But no, but then mm. we, we built up a relationship, obviously, with our own security. Yeah. I think Steve got to know some of them. They were from around here and stuff. So the Talca Park days, yeah? And Talca and... And Richmond. How many, yeah. how many and, grounds did we play? Yeah, yeah, Daily yeah. Okay. Daily Mount. There was one season we played, there was only three or four grounds. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we got to know them fellas, and they would let us in, like, an hour early and stuff. Uh, and they knew that they're the lads who do the thing. And... There was at one stage, I think around 2005, where we actually had a really good relationship and they were letting us do the flares down the front in Daily Mount and they gave us buckets of sand and all. It's the proper way to do it. No, so they said, right, this is actually going to happen. We need to be able to deal with it. Instead of just totally ignoring it yeah, and, and not knew, dealing with it, they actually gave you an option. They knew who the lads we, we, There was a certain company who had taken it. over security at the time. Um, a certain individual. And they worked very well with us yeah but that didn't last long right? <laughs> <laughs> but in general we, we, we tried to build a relationship with like I mean um, Fran really there, there, there was yeah well there was Eugene um, and Liam right we tried to build as good a relationship as we could they were the rover security people and I remember we had a meeting myself and Joe and Stee went to a meeting in the old Talla Business Park. Do you remember that office that mm. Rovers used to be run out of? Beside, right. beside, beside where Lidl is on Main Street in Talla. Right. Right, so we went down, and I used to work in retail management at the time. I arrived in a soup. And we said, we bring in examples of smoke and flares and everything. And the head of the FAI security was there as well. What's his name again? 
Joe McGlue. Oh yeah. And oh, lovely, um, yeah. he was He's actually, gone that long. He was very high in UEFA at the time as well. <clears throat> so we rolled in and he says, Right, here's examples of what we use and we had brought in marine flares out of marine shops. Industrial like the highest, stuff. Well, the highest safety spec okay, stuff. Okay. You know, and we put it on the table and says, Here's what we use, lads, you know. There was nothing like what we actually use. We Come on, we go out into the car park and we, <laughs> and we let them off and show us, right? Hold on, I'm just trying to get no. a picture of this. So, <laughs> you actually met with the FAI, Joe McGlue, and sat there and goes, right, here's what we're going to do. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did, because you know well, that's what? That's how you do it. I know, yeah, but I can't believe it happened. We were trying to open doors. We were trying to make things as Happen. smooth as possible. How was, this, how was this meeting accommodated? How did this start? Did you, did we you did it through, through the club. We built up a relationship. And who with, did the FAI prompt it, or was it prompted? It, it was Lee, Lee Marine and uh, Eugene Coppinger were running security right. at Rovers at the time, so it was done through them. And Joe McGlue would have been in charge of the high-profile games, the okay. volatile games, Rovers bowls, and so on. Okay. So we would have gotten to know them because you'd have to go through them to say, "This is what we're bringing in today, lads. We've got three crowd covers. Mm. We've got X amount of TFO flags. We've got this drums and." drums and whatever so we get all that search so you get to know them right and they were like lads what are we going to do about these flares and he says lads we'll meet you tell we'll, me we'll, about we'll, this we'll, meeting we'll, in the we'll car park tell me what happened when you let them off and we didn't let them off they wouldn't have it like I mean this is this is this is the FAI they can't actually turn around and say yeah we let them let off flares <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> they're grand so they were like no 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 you're fine you know it never happened but, like, but yeah. the, that meeting did happen but it was all part of just trying to keep doors open and Keep doing what we're doing. The right and, and approach, so really. We're, yeah, we're, we're we're trying to we're trying to do things the right way. Yeah. The, you know, it's probably a very it's a very difficult line to walk where you're trying to normalise it a little bit and make it seem. We were totally taking the piss. Yeah, the derbies with Pats helped because they were doing the same thing yeah. as us. And at one time they were calling it the Derby of Colour, whereas. The Derby with bows had a really bad rep attached to it because it was like shed invasions and all sorts of carrying on and on. <laughs> so that had a different book. The one, the, the, and the press really liked that as well, like the one with Pats. It was when Rovers played Pats in Richmond as well. It was deadly. It was a small ground. You know, there was loads of flags up and everything else and, and ball rolling all around the pitch. So that kind of helped normalise it a bit. Um, I think, who came along after Pat, or, I think Bowes or Shells? Bows, bows never yeah, really. No, bows yeah. Yeah. So you could say you pretty much started the culture. Rovers, SRFC Ultras, pretty much started the culture yeah. within Ireland. Yeah. Is that unfair to yeah, say? Is that fair to say? That's even As an organised group, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then I remember, I remember when Celtic was at the Jungle Boys. Celtic. Well, Aberdeen, Aberdeen were 1999. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first organised Ultras group between Britain and Ireland in 1999. I'm pretty sure that the yeah, next one was called? SRFC Ultras. It yeah. was, yeah. Or it could have been York. Yorvik Reds. Yeah, maybe it yeah, could have yeah. been. But I don't know. But yeah, Celtic were... I remember, well, Celtic no, were I remember didn't we, sent, we sent them... We, we sent them our old stuff our to So the Jungle Boys were Celtic. How did that affiliation just the internet it wasn't really an affiliation so you said real, someone just knew someone and it was a request someone was going over and they sent over a bag of poles we, we were getting we were, we were getting we were getting new, new poles we okay. were getting new tifos and we sent them over our old so okay. the tifos were, the first season we set up we didn't have the tifos and i remember seeing was it uefa cup final or something and they were the we had them, teams we had them in 2000 like, we have to get them yeah so next season we were like get loads of them big flags yeah and 
When we, played so June, when we played June Garden at Hawker Park, we had the Italian one, Tifo. Tifo.net. Do you remember it was really hard? It was, they wouldn't ship stuff to yeah. you. So Joe, Joe was working Joe in a shipping company, yeah. so he was able to get the stuff put in a crate and abroad over here and all the rest. It was madness. And he had to pay cash and all sorts of weird things. <laughs> this is all very <laughs> Sopranos. So as it trundled on, they were very hard to get these poles. They were huge telescopic things. You couldn't just go on the internet and buy them. Yeah. You had to they go read this and they were heavy crowd in Italy in a warehouse in Turin or somewhere and you had to more arrange, more you had to get your own. I can't imagine there's a big market for these poles. So as the trundle along and did the group, when when was the, let's say, the handover to the new generation, the second generation, the you could say. End of the Michael O'Neill era. Possibly, yeah. That was the last yeah, time. Yeah. Last time I painted a flag was obviously was the one for Jory, I think. Yeah, that was the last yeah. time I... Yeah, I got, so. I got it. And got, after that... That was our I last just, That was our last real thing. As we, we were still involved, involved on those days, but... And I think that's the thing. I think, you, as you said, if you kind of look, if you kind of trace the orange, as you said, it started in, in, in a down period where people were... I always saw it as not probably a distraction to the football is probably is probably the yeah. wrong word to use, yeah. but it was more a replacement. It was like it was the, it, to give people something to go to. Well, yeah. people, like if you, the football was crap, at least there's a little the bit more to it. The atmosphere was yeah, good. There was colour. There was noise. Yeah. A bit of thing. And I think so. Like I like I was always probably would have helped out a bit, but only really kind of got involved just. Late Tolka, pre yeah. It was when I really started like getting involved in putting displays together or coming up with ideas for displays or whatever. So I think that was f- first couple of years in Tala where were really really huge. And obviously, from a football perspective, we hit we hit the ground running. Mm. There was like good crowds going to games. And I said, like, but as I said, like, we kind of had that momentum, kind of carried us yeah. through the first couple of seasons. All our dreams were coming true. true. Yeah. yeah, all our yeah, dreams yeah. were coming true. Like, I remember, like, going into Tala, going into Tala and having, it was, what was it, what was it called? Our little bar? The atmosphere bar. The atmosphere bar. Yeah. We had, under, like, we underneath, had, the, underneath the underneath the West Stand. So, like, we used to be able to go in and have a couple of cans. It was where we kept the flags and we'd, like, great pictures of me and Joe with a bottle of Borghetti oh, yeah. <laughs> in yeah. there, like, so... And so a little locker room underneath the underneath the west stand. Um, is that the whack? The whack uses that one there. I think so. Yeah. 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 There, yeah. There, yeah. yeah. We we used to store our kit in there, and we'd always have a few beers before games, and we it was just like that's good crack. Yeah. It was, it was no, all our dreams we, coming. We through. had a great everything we dreamed of for the last. Uh, yeah, and really, and with the with the with the with the I suppose council because, as well. well no, like, because well, yeah. it was the whole four hundred club thing, and all. at the time the fans owned the club and all, and. You know, we knew the ball. It kind of smoothed the thing. It smoothed the things out so, really well. Like. You know, we were like, they wanted us to do a big display on the first day in Tallis. We were in there hours before the first game, putting things up. In Mutual agreement to pretty much yeah. say, okay, you guys stay what you're do. Stapling stuff to the ball. Well, even, uh, even yeah, even I remember like Pallet, like the likes of Stan Tormy, Colly, who are bleak, like. Like I like I I was no spring chick, but they were fucking kids, like they were babies, like yeah, yeah. Go, and we used to go out to Joe's. The first time I remember putting space together was in Joe's big warehouse out, and was it Robin? Robin Horn was that or Maddie Mountain? Yeah, Coymore. Yeah, yeah. So I remember like going in there and putting displays together for the the first night in Tallaght. We had a huge. We had a big warehouse. SRF. Could use. Yeah. Remember like I remember at the back of the West Stand. We had like yeah. a SRFC Ultras. 
along it like that. But yeah, and it was a see-through and, and it was no, a flare yeah, behind yeah. it. No, it wasn't. It no. wasn't. No, this was the original version of that was just SRFC Ultras that yeah. went up along the east stand at yeah. the back. Now, later that came down and the lettering was cut out and clear plastic put over And then later that was used as the Ultras one on the... Okay, so don't realise that the Ultras were now sort of an asset to the club because like I when... When we in two thousand and one we were starting the ultras. I was doing my thesis at the time in college, and it was about marketing the League of Ireland. And one of the things it, it, it did surveys and all the rest. Was, I was looking at things from Germany and everything else. And one of the things in Germany was something like forty percent of the people there said that they went to games not to watch the football, just for the atmosphere. Mm. So I think I gave that to Fran Rooney at the time. Yeah, and he liked it. So I think around then or you know over time the clubs then sort of cottoned on that yeah the atmosphere and the match day experience is part of the package that and like Mark Lynch obviously copped onto that as well you know uh, it doesn't like the fines from the flares <laughs> but um, I mean th there was one time I think uh, there was a, I wasn't involved at the time it was the younger lads did a massive flare display and it ended up on the front page of the Irish Independent I had the 15 year display. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark Lynch was giving out to me about that. And I says, okay, right, put it to you this way. How much would it cost to take out a half page ad on the front page of the Irish Independent for hours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's free publicity. Yeah. So publicity. cheaper than the yeah. fine. Yeah, the fine would be cheaper. So. Yeah. But yeah, yeah there, there, was, there was all that, like, you know. Um, and as it was, like I said, like, that, and that, was, that was, I think, the first couple of years in Pala where the good incubation period for the kind of next generation of people who came along as well. So it. did that inspire the next generation? Oh yeah, so definitely, I think it did. Yeah. When, when did you start noticing like, as, as, that you could hand the torch over and yeah. say, well, they'll be okay? Yeah, it was... Because it was, uh, that must have been a massive moment because where... No, going back to what I said, like, like 2009, obviously we really only kind of had the West Stand, but I think we did, like I said, the fourth Half half through oh, the season. Yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah. We had like the... Uh, I said that SRFC Ultras one, that was a really good display. Then, like, second year then, once we got into Europe, yeah. like, there was some, like, really, really, like, the We Fear No Dang yeah. display was, was, like, really, really big. It was one of a massive, massive yeah. crowd, a crowd cover. So, yeah. The, the bar, the bar who yeah. and was huge. And as I said, like, you could, you could kind of, as I said, as, as you went down, like, at the time, like, you're kind of gone, Who's this fucking kid like? But at the time, you were going out on a Saturday or a Sunday to wherever you were doing displays, and there was always some new kid that did never. Yeah. And that they were kind of young, and you had to sit them down and show them, show them, show them out the paint and all that. Like, but but I remember all through that Tala period, I said that was always the thing that every time you went out somewhere to do a yeah. display on a Saturday or something. There was always someone new. We had been there was saying, always some new kids there. And they weren't just Dublin as well. There was lots from Westmead. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, we, we, we were getting old. Like, yeah. Like, Sam, they already used to come up from Kid and Gad. Yeah, places like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, lads from Arkham. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so that's the that's what I'm trying to gauge now is when I'm gonna we're going to get the new generation involved now as well. So, Ethan, were you... When did you start coming into the four here? When did you... See, so I I would have started going to Rovers around like when we moved to Tala. So I would have start came in at a time where the group was like a very established sort of thing. Yeah. And it's kind of like we were saying there. Where, like for me, I was 
yeah, I like, would have been a lot more interested in what was happening off the pitch than on the pitch. Yeah. And like, I know a lot of lads like would say that as well, that like you start going because you like football, but that's kind of the stuff that keeps you there. And then, yeah, so like I was always like, yeah, trying to just so into what was happening in like Block M, East Stand. Like, I loved that shit. And like I used to like, go on the internet and just be reading about, oh, like Royal Results have a friendship with Rapid and like find out everything about Rapid Vienna and just the whole scene. And that's when yeah, I started getting in around then when the group was, it was very much like an established thing. And it was going through, I think that was quite a, like a, one of the strongest periods for the group around then, like yeah. 2013, 14, 15, when I was getting involved. Like when I was the kid who was coming to the odd display. And just some of the most amazing things that were ever done in the league were kind of done in that period. It was just after the transition, because I think a few of the lads have like, told me about that first two years it was literally like 16, 17 year olds yeah. taking over the group and they were running the group and the group almost Who died. Was? Like when like used lads would have left and it was like given to the likes of Fiacre and Sean. Sean. So Fiacre and Sean would have been the... They were in their 20s. Yeah. Yeah. They would have been in their 20s. I think that would have been, been 10 years ago. We've been... Actually yeah, yeah they, 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 they probably would have been. been yeah. Yeah. Like college yeah. and I, stuff. I, I, 18, 19. I think as well, obviously... Like at the end of the second year in Tallaght, that was when Joe the Hoop got sick, and then Joe had been the oldest guy in the ultras. He was like the quartermaster for years in Tallaght. He kept all the gear in his shed. He brought all the gear to matches in his car. Joe was the main man of the ultras at the time for years and had been. From my memory, I like I'm gone since the season before Tallaght. I was 17, and I always Joe was always someone that I still remember on the first game in Tallaght with the megaphone. Mm. And it just didn't work. People didn't. People didn't it's latch onto it. Off in it yeah. should have though, because pe- like he was, he was giving it the big. And I was thinking, I'm, I'm liking this. Like yeah. this is good. And they were. That's what it was. And yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, give yeah. it a chance. But initially, when we started the group, yeah, we did have a megaphone, and we used to get all that abuse. I had the Sawyer yeah. doing yeah. and all. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I said, I went the same now with the drums. Joe's looking out about that shit. Well, like in one way, it's one of the really good things about being Irish, and one of the. The really shit things about being Irish is number one is the fuck off you you prick. No, don't, I'm not tell, doing don't, te- don't tell me what to do. Is the good in one way it's a really good attitude yeah, to I'm have a- as a human being to be able to go fuck off. I'm not falling in line. But I've always said that as well. But yeah. then it misses out on you could be part of something really big. It's so chaotic, but it's also kind of a good thing that. Rovers fans just collectively are not fucking having it. They yeah. won't be told what to do, and it can be frustrating from an ultra <laughs> point of view. You're trying to coordinate everyone, but also it's kind of better than the way they have it. And if you look at some terraces in Europe where everyone just falls in line and they're fucking oh, terrified like the of the ultras, yeah. it's good to have a balance of like people, not not everyone just falling in line, doing exactly what they're told. In this kind of robotic atmosphere. There's attitudes there, yeah. Yeah. but also you do chaos, need people. Yeah. You do need if. Like a level of coordination as well, I and mean, there needs to be a bit of kind of people. Kemp is at the fall down the stairs there. But what was the banner you said? But in saying that, right, yeah. Gary? Sorry, before you go, can I just before we move on to this new part? There's yeah. there's um there's something before that needs to be acknowledged and mentioned. There's two people that had a huge, massive influence on the group. On Shamrock Rovers and Irish football, Joe De Hoop yeah. and Steve Seary, who haven't really been mentioned that much because they're not in the room, but two incredibly big, powerful 
characters that, oh, we, that these... really, really, really need um, acknowledgement. Yeah, they, they're, they're, they're here. I can imagine know. Steve would uh, be quite a controversial figure because we spoke with him and he was in our WhatsApp group for a long, long time. I think he just left. He just got Great fed film. up. Madman. But Great yeah, Great I think you need that type of madness yeah. to... To yeah. organise these Joe these had groups. his own madness yeah. as well. Are you the two of them tapped like, to be yeah. involved the, the, in something the like this. The two of them had special qualities that this, this, group, this group wouldn't still be here yeah. today without the madness of yeah. those two guys. But do you, you have to, there's a line that's straddled. You, Ethan, you spoke about fans falling into line and having a slight fear in Europe. That's because there's an element of, you could say, hooliganism that exists within Europe. That's not here. Yet. It's not here at the mo- at the moment. Whereas when you look at ultras in Europe now, there's yeah. a couple of instances we spoke about off air yeah. with uh, plop- it was a Plovdiv and that was, it was, Scoopy. It was Scoopy, Scoopy and a couple of other teams yeah, like their, and, uh, their ultras aren't exactly they're more regimented. Yeah, that's uh, different. Yeah, well, I think yeah. conscription might have a thing to do. <laughs> so with that. These countries, yeah, they do have conscription and all. That. But they're different Austria groups. Austria and Switzerland and all. Policy. Yeah, but I think you'll I think you'll find that the current group. And the old group, we're all very comfortable in that environment. It's, yeah. you, you exactly, know, but it wouldn't yeah. be your it's not for go-to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't yeah, yeah, be yeah, the top not, of the list. It wasn't the style of, of our exactly, and isn't yeah. the style of our group, but that is the environment. That very we diplomatic way of yeah, putting yeah, yeah. comfortable in that environment. Well, something I try to convey to people that, like, if when, like, let's say we're at a game and one of the ultras lads is facing the crowd, shouting at people to sing. That's not a case of us trying to like lord power over people saying you need to do what we're saying. That's us as the ultras trying to coordinate everyone together yeah. to create like an, a great atmosphere for the club. But I think there is yeah, an attitude at Rovers of like not doing something and because they think someone's trying to tell them what to do, which yeah. can be a bit annoying. Or you have a group up the back of the stand start singing different songs at the same time. Yeah. Just like herding cats, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I get that to a certain extent. I mean, it is... It is nice to have different personalities and you know that kind of fuck you yeah. attitude, but sometimes it does have an adverse yeah. effect on the yeah, on the yeah, atmosphere uh, in the yeah, south stand. Yeah, yeah. It can do because you'll have someone who'll say fuck him, I'm not yeah. doing what he tells me. So yeah. it does happen. But Ethan, I want to talk about styles. I want to talk about personal favorites. I'm going to talk about my personal favorites, the Raja Green Boys. I'm fascinated with them. They're from Casablanca. They're brilliant. Me and Dunstar had a love in not too long about them. They're superb. They're really good. I think the Barras, Bucca Bravas from from Bucca. They're just just different levels. It's just outrageous. Some of the stuff that they do and their TFOs, the displays, it's hard to believe that it's it's real at times. So, Mm. what... um, Palmeiras joined us in the South Stand as well. And when you look at the... Like, I'm fascinated with the Ultras. I think it's great. I love the culture. And when Palmeiras joined us, you could see the difference in the atmosphere. They had a constant drum with yeah. a faster beat. They had ticker tape. And they had something a little bit different. And it was a great game. That that was brilliant that day. But it shows you the contrast and style. So where do the current Ultras get their style from? And their inspiration? See, I, I feel like most of the people probably look towards like Germany and that kind of yeah. scene there in terms of like the displays, the kind of style. I feel like we would take a lot of influence from how German groups kind of operate. But then I feel like when you're in, kind of like what Forky said earlier, I feel like the style of Rovers is, I think, quite a good mix between the like kind of British style and the European style. Like I think a big issue they have in countries like Germany where they've, I think the best ultra scene in Europe, but also there's a constant steady atmosphere all game. 
So if you're 2-0 up, if you're 2-0 down, if it's a draw, if it's fucking Champions League semi-final, 90th minute and you need a goal, the atmosphere is always the same. So the steady yeah, yeah. flow. And the emotion kind of comes out of it if the atmosphere is... If there's too much like too much steadiness. Or I think Rovers, we have that good thing where we do always have a kind of atmosphere going, but I think the game should affect the atmosphere yeah. and the atmosphere should affect the game yeah. at the same time instead of... Do you know when you see it in, like, in some countries in Europe where... Like you can tell, the ultras do not give a fuck what's happening. They could be three 0 down in the yeah, derby, no, and it won't. Affect. That's what I'm saying. So that's what I meant. I was going to ask you about that. I was going to touch on that point. So you you prefer if the game affects the atmosphere in a sense, to rather than just have incessant noise. I think there should Cause be because half the time a lot of them don't really like not a lot of them. I'm, I'm, that's a it's a big brush to paint all ultras with. But sometimes you feel like the game is is doesn't matter. To, to something, do you know well, what I mean? I think there should always be a consistent atmosphere, but like I think even like we like like people might even think this, but we would put thought into the songs that we start, and like there would be like between each songs there'd be a quick ten second conversation, like what we're we gonna do now, and we'd be like, hey, this happened on the pitch, the fucking you can tell the fans are on form tonight or they're not on form. Yeah. We need a goal, and there's ten minutes left, or we're four and up in the derby. And like there'd be a real quick conversation of like what song will affect the game. Yeah. No, so you're not gonna sing like some piss takey jokey song if you've five minutes to score an equalizer. Whereas if like like, like Daniel Cleary and Lamborghini. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You sing that if you're like two and up kind of thing. So I think there should be yeah that balance where I think there should always be an atmosphere, but it should also be dictated by what's happening on the pitch. Yeah. Whereas if you look at like Eastern Europe, they're singing like a ballad about a war that happened two hundred years ago. No matter what's happening on the pitch, they're just going to be that song. Forky's going to jump. Forky's going to love that one. In Central Europe and around Germany and all there and Eastern Europe and all rest. Sorry, Forky has lived in Central Europe. He knows what he's talking about. I've been to a game recently and I'm not going to name the club. But you find, as you're saying, with the European ultra groups, a lot of it's very scripted. Yeah. They sing the same songs in the same order and stuff throughout the whole game. And you, uh, so the 30th minute, it's like this one. Some of the members of the Ultras go. never actually see the game. They're just watching the stands. So it's kind of like, what's the point of that? Like? Yeah, but there's also, there's a culture ar- around Europe. Italy's a bit with, different. With Ultras, yeah, Italy. They're like, we, we, we've quite a bit of experience of Italy. Yeah, no, Italy are kind of like... But, the, but there's a culture oh. that they've grown up in. The, the Ultras that are there now are third, fourth, fifth generation yeah. mm-hmm. Ultras. Right, when they were kids, they were brought along and they were shown... That's the capo. When he says go, you go, right? And he's the one who leads it. And when he says it, bang, the whole stand goes, Wah! right? We don't have that. We've never had that because since 2001 is the first time that ultras have appeared here. So yeah. it's still very first much generation. in its, in its, in it's, its new, infancy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'd agree, so I'd agree with that, that as that well. That mentality and that culture... But you know what? It's it's so much better than it was. Do you remember yeah, talking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember Richmond oh, and, and Daily Mount? It's it's way better now than it than it was. So Obviously we're moving we're moving in the right yeah. direction. The but that culture and that built up database of knowledge and and experience and just still to be filled, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even go work, back to what Eden said. Eden said we're a hybrid of British and European. Yeah. 
styles. Proper order. We're and ourselves. That's, that's we're it. Ourselves. It's what we've. It's, it's what, now an Irish style. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. an Irish style. Yeah, yeah. we're ourselves. So you've grown yeah. into yeah. your own. But so you also match up north. It's completely different. Oh, yeah. it's shy up there. You know? No atmosphere. It's poor, isn't it? It's, it's just crap. like going yeah. to a championship game in England or something. You know? So, I mean, we, we're touching on European... and I think I read in the script here, lads. We're touching on <laughs> European culture. So, the ultras travel abroad. You meet like-minded guys. Roma, Hammerby, St. Gallen. Um, how do these links materialise? And I remember one of my favourite moments in ultras culture, any history at all, got to do Rovers was in Richmond. I think Voiborg were there, St. Yeah. Gallen were there. Yeah, Voiborg and St. Gallen. And Hammerby maybe. There was no, three. Was, right there. And Saint was it? Yeah. And I remember Gallen, yeah. I brought my brothers-in-law with me. And there were kids at the time. So, uh, we were in the shed end and a copper just decides to get in the middle of the whole thing, right? And my brother-in-law just decides the hat, the hat, the hat just gets walloped. <laughs> smacked off his head and he's looking around trying to find it. Everyone's passing it around. They're wearing it but the atmosphere that day was nuts. I think someone drank a hundred points that weekend. There was a message that came back from Voiborg or Saint Gallen. Yeah, probably and he Voiborg. Said he's hit the hundred points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of them were in the Dragon in Tala Village before yeah. the game. Yeah. So yeah. that was unbelievable. So those links. I want to know what was the first ever link, European link. Well, I, I think it was. And how did it come about? It was no, it was, was Panathinaikos because yeah, oh, Steve, 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 yeah. Dijan. Someone knew someone. I can't remember. Steve exactly. Steve fell as a and Steve. Yeah, and yeah. I think in, within the first year, of the ultras, the first kind of overseas trip. A few Panathinaikos were playing Arsenal in the Champions League, and a few of the lads went over to London, flew over to London, and the Panathinaikos, the gate, gate thirteen, actually, no, they, they were, were called Rangers. But it came no, no, through no, the no, Green and White Brotherhood. It was in yeah, London. No. They went to the Rangers as well. And they came and they said, "Look, come over to London. We torch us out. We get you tickets for the game. Bring him to match with us." And Stee and Dejan, I think, and maybe one or two others went over to that Pantanoikos game. And they came back and they said, Jesus, we're, we're over these Pantanoikos lads. And they said, there wasn't one of them was drinking. They were all sober the whole game. 90 minutes, you know, start till the final whistle. Never stopped singing, never stopped singing. It was un- unreal, you know. Yeah, they, they just smoked. They didn't drink. Yeah, <laughs> so, so there was, there was so Pantanoikos. There, there was a group called the Green and White Brotherhood. On the tell me about this. This is, this, is this, is a, this is in the early days, wasn't it? This so, I'll be honest. This sounds quite Aryan. It's green and white. Yeah, right. There's whole few green and white teams in Europe. Like there's there's hundreds of red teams. Hundreds of teams wear blue. There's only a handful of teams. There's usually only one team in each league, if even, who wears green and white. Okay, okay. Yeah. And that, that that's a big so difference. They all supported each other. Right. Now and, and they were very good to us, weren't they? Because we were very, very new. So Rapid Vienna, Hammerby, Panathinaikos, Panathinaikos Sporting. Sporting Lisbon, Avellino, later Avellino, Avellino later. But they were all they were all very good to us. They they all. So purely Shared because of the green knowledge. and white colours. Purely, purely because of the, the, your colours, the colours of your club. That was it. Yeah, because like it's even as And for some strange reason, they all supported Roma. Yeah, and they, they, yeah, they'd all yeah. show up. Weird. They'd all show Weird. up in Rome. Weird. Like that's yeah. So that's where the Roma link Rome, actually comes from. It, it came from Hammerby. Ah, no, it wasn't. <coughs> no, because the Panathinaikos are there Dejan as well. was brought over by, the ha- by Mika and the Hammerby lads to the Rome derby. And then the Rovers fans started going over to that then. There's loads of green and white clubs in in Roma. There's loads of green and white clubs in Roma. There was the Roma Irish clan. I'll never forget that. They came came over for Joe's funeral. They're really good to us as well. No, it's not group anymore. I think think Fabian is still on the Carva, but I think... I suppose the big link was when we went to your garden in 2002 
and we were on a, a year old. Supported us, yeah. I think you got in contact with Hammerby, was it? Yeah, well, one of the Hammerby. Well, ha- there was this thing on the web where. So this started t- 2002. It's very early Jordan days. Yeah. And European game against Europe. We, 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 yeah, we had been we had in Europe seen, in a long time. We had seen one of the Hammerby websites with all the videos and, and, and photographs and stuff on it. And. Um, <laughs> I, I sent one of the lads an email and said, oh, you know, we're near Russian troops helping Ireland, blah, blah, blah. And your man says to me, he says, give me your address. Where do you live? And, and I gave me work address. And then about two weeks later, the secretary works says to me, there's this massive box after coming in the door for you. Right? And I was like, what the fuck is this, right? <laughs> and I went down to this box, opened this box. There was like hoodie tops, videos, scarves. Stickers. There was a most must have been a few hundred kids worth of gear in the box. Oh, the videos. You remember yeah. those? Yeah. Yeah. So me, 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 over and Hammerby sent over like huge VHS tapes, like yeah, before yeah. YouTube. Yeah. So he sent over a load of stuff, right? Video tapes, like, like actual physical videotapes and everything. Sent us over all this stuff, and then I, I brought the box of stuff down to the next game in Richmond, and it says right here, Keith, oh, you have that video, and Forky, you have that scarf, and you, you know, spread all the stuff around and pass it around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's where the link came from. And then we got the draw against Hammerby. Then we got the draw against Joe Gardens a few months later. Everyone and then we, went, we went to Sweden and actually met, met this guy who sent all this stuff, do you know what I mean? And we were driving so so the whole weekend, staying well, in their mean, part of the city. Great. They yeah. came to the game with So us. that's so where... And Mika and that, was actually, uh, that was actually a funny one, is Donald Dunn had links to Hammer long before. Yeah, yeah, long yeah. before. He, has a link. he was right big into like... Well, here's the I'm not sure if it's quite pen pal, it's no. probably not quite the right way. But he was he, he used to communicate with people at Hammerby. And there's great pictures of like Hammerby like on a train to somewhere, like in the... Probably mid to late nineties, and there's a bloke in like in a match winner, rover shorts <laughs> on, on it, on it. No, no, like a, but a, see, yeah, but a, a Hammerby fan. Or yeah. Whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they played Cork then the following year. Hammerby. Oh no, that was in two thousand seven. So those links have all been established. Uh, the Roma one, I remember. I remember seeing a picture of a capo with a. A grey yeah, rovers, Fabian, Fabian, yeah. yeah. That match, they rovers tops. Yeah. So that type of thing. I'd seen the Irish clan yeah, come over. Gary, every single time I've been to Rome, and I've been quite a few times, Fabian has some piece of rovers kit or had. Yeah. yeah. Some piece of rover kit, be it a scarf around his wrist, a cap, a jacket, jacket yeah. always. Always. And uh, from what I'm led to believe, that wasn't just for us. That's just he always had a piece of rovers. They loved in at the So he was he was yeah. um, he was an Italian student who came to Dublin to learn English, yeah, as all the foreign students yeah. do from Spain and Italy and so on. And he was out in Dublin for, and decided I'm going to go and watch rovers while I'm here. And it was more than one of them had the same experience, and that's where the Irish clan actually came from. So it was a fond and memory was, of his. It was a memory of their time learning English in Dublin. That's how the Irish in his formed of years. But yeah. they went on to be like one of the top groups on the curve of sun. <laughs> yeah. And they, they kept their and they, the front like and yeah. Fabian is like on the fence. One of the top capos. Yeah. And they kept their rovers link and they were really, really good <laughs> yeah. to us every yeah. time. Like whenever we went over, we were we, we were in prime, prime position on the curve of sun. Like and that's still really established true. today. It's still yeah. if if you ever need anything, you go over. But we'll move on to the more recent things <laughs> now with Saint Gallen. And I think I remember seeing you guys go to Portugal. So we was that was that a link Hammerby. as well? Was there a Portuguese yeah, link? That was you weren't there. Port, yeah, for yeah. the uh, the Verde. Yeah, Torcida Verde. I think I remember he's playing oh, the right. Astro game. Oh, oh no, I wasn't there. For oh no, that, that was yeah. when we were playing Hammerby and all in that mad. The Atlantic Cove. Yeah, We met the Torcida Verde the first time there. Yeah, we. 
So how did that no, make that come about? No, that was the first time Jer had been over a few oh, yeah, times Jer, before that. Know, yeah. Jer knew one of them. Yeah, you know Jer Fitz? Yeah. Yeah, he knew a fella who's passed away since. Um, Dario. 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 Yeah. Dario. 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 So that link established there, and then you met up, and more links that's grew not, from that. Like a pro, like there's a difference between like okay. those kind of links where like you have a few personal friends and stuff, and the more established group friendships of like like with Bangramates at St Gallen, where it's like where you can travel over to each other a few times a year, yeah. add a full group, hang your banners up in their um in their terrace yeah, yeah. Like there's a difference between kind of having a few personal friends at a group in Lisbon so the banger men would be yeah. your more prominent like, that would be very exciting we would go to St Gallen and we would be able to hang our banners in their section and that would be that's kind of a the group's probably the only current like active official friendship there's a difference like, there is a lot of kind of because they're all yeah. old guys yeah, yeah. 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 Even, so we even the, the St Gallen one is funny so that obviously started that game you talked about when they came over and then um, there was a guy, Rolf. The few of them used to just, not for, even for games, they used to just come, like Rolf would, come over, tell you about Rolf. Rolf would come over randomly and sleep on my couch. And then he, like, and then he... He just turned up out in Bray one day. And <laughs> I was drinking outside the high boat and Chef comes up to me and goes, oh, this fella here, he he's an ultra from somewhere. Here, here Forty, you talk to him. Or Steve, i a point and all. So I don't. I think we 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 missed the first half of the games. We were sort of drinking, having great practice, lad. Uh, then yeah, I just got you, to know Ralph you, after and that. Then he Ralph, went, he went to college in Killarney. He was Trilly. He was doing the thing, the English student thing here. We stayed with a whole family out in the north side. So he just started going to Rovers games, and then he did his Erasmus. You know, we went to college over here. So he's coming coming over Rovers, and he started bringing people with yeah, him. And he brought yeah. the whole group. You see, he started a group there called the Banger Maniacs. Mm, so he mm. started that group, and that, that was in its infancy. They were just a few lads, and they weren't. They, they were. There is of, an Irish connection there. They sort though, of isn't helped. There? The, yeah, 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 the saint is from the yeah, saint that found saint the saint Gallen, is saint from Gallen. Banger. I'll tell you a story about that in a minute. Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, it's from Bangor, you know, up north. Yeah. So, so, you know, Colin Kill and all them saints went around Europe preaching and all. And <laughs> Basically, he went over and started a monastery. He started a monastery and, and the built up the around the monastery. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, St. Uh, Gauls. So, Rolf was. Yeah, they, they had a small group, but now they're the biggest group, aren't they? Nearly they're, the yeah, they'd be there. like the second biggest group yeah, they're, now. They're I think they have a very organised, like, active, very serious scene. And that group, like, even like five, six years ago, they would have been the same size as us, they would have the same amount of members, same kind of size, but now they're like one of the biggest groups. So what about the group that would be the first one, let's say, what what are they called in St. Gallen? So it? the biggest group was uh, Green Power, Green Power. Um, and like, the way it would work there is... Do they get so, on? Yeah, so they like uh, their kind of collective is Eshman Block, so that's like the whole terrace is called the Eshman Block, and within Eshman Block there's like 12, 13 different groups, and there's all different levels of like power and influence and size but there's like so our friendship would officially be with the Bangor Maniacs yeah. but there is still respect with all the groups we would know guys from all the groups and like people from the other groups would come over and be welcomed and stuff but the, their, their scene there is a lot more serious so like the green power would not hang their banners in Tala because they're like the friendship is with Bangor Maniacs oh, okay, okay. but like we'd, per, like we'd go out and like, like we've been to Switzerland where like We'd be out there with all the Bangor Manix lads, and they'd all go home, and we'd stay out drinking with lads from one of the other groups. Like we'd know them, but so it'd be cool. Yeah, but so there's it, no official type. Mm. Uh, is it right in saying the official, unofficial type? 
friendship you could say because we had the banger maniacs and the probs didn't we yeah, yeah, very, they, very guarded individuals. Like, I, like, I asked him, could I buy yeah. one of his t-shirts? And he, like, even no, there, it's it, the scene over there. It's hard for kind of Irish people to grasp. It's a lot more serious. Yeah, like, I don't think they can just give anyone something. Yeah, with a like we've something. traveled home and away with them, and just it's some fucking military operation over there. But it's great for us because we obviously it's not as serious over here. But the shit we can learn from them, and like some of the, I won't get into this on a public podcast. Yeah. But some yeah. Of the, uh, the tactics we've learned off them are <laughs> like insane and there's some stuff that are so insane that we would never need to go <laughs> to that much length to yeah. do what we do but yeah. it yeah, no, seems insane because there are a lot of those kind of links where it's just a handful of people now a handful yeah. of people like because it, it's funny because it's really funny like at Eintracht Frank I, I know like obviously there's a connection with Eintracht Frankfurt through mm. Fakra which is very a personal, no, but I but I know I know I know people through I know people through people on track Frankfurt through Hammerby. Yeah, Hammerby as was well. with them. So it's a it's it all links it all, in. Yeah, and, and the same thing as well. Like even there was one time we went to watch, we went to watch Hammerby play AIK, and there was guys from um, guys from Rapid Vienna, and there was guys from and uh, yeah, and and Avellino. And Avellino. And the Avellino guys. Yeah, and then, like, so I remember years later, Paul saying, Oh, there's guys from Avellino, they say they know you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. Like, and then years later, I met them in. Well, we made a great relationship. Yeah, great relationship with those guys. So if we go to Rome, so like, go to a game, they go, Oh, you in Rome. And they, yeah, Oh, we'd be down. They'll come up. They'll, they'll drive. They'll, and we basically just hang out on the streets and we open the boot in our car. And they've a crate full of beer. Full of beer. No, it's full, full of beer. beer. It's full of beer. And we you just a, hang out on the we street. Had a session in outside, um, they've been over here. Outside Gamies. Gamies. Bunga Bunga Palace. Right <laughs> <laughs> we did. We, 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 it was after one of the Roma games, and there was a few of us in, in um, one of the Irish bars, and the lads, the Avellino lads, had driven, driven up from Avellino. What a division, and just for the listeners. They, what division are they in now? Serious. And no, no, ge- no, geographically. It's between Rome and Naples. It's complicated. It's but they were in Serie B. But they're gone. The club's gone now. There's a lot of But there is a new club, but they don't quite recognise it. It's very Italian. There's loads of them. They're change and change back, and different directors and different fans groups, and so it's all very complex. But these fans, anyway, they actually came to. A few of them came to Tala. From the first year in Tallaght, and they got to know us and stuff. And then when we were going to Rome, then they take to us, "Are oh, you using Rome this weekend? Yeah, cool. We meet up with you." So after after one of the after one of the derby matches, they uh, they rang us and they said, "Where are you?" And we says, "We're in this Irish pub." And he says, "Right, we're pulled up outside. Come outside." And we came outside the pub, and there was there was a bus shelter around the corner, and one of the lads in his car parked in, and he opened up the boot of the car. And about a hundred bottles of beer all in the back of the car. He says, right, that's it. Boxes, so we're just standing on the side of the street in Rome, drinking beer out of the, the back of the car. And the, 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 a few years later, they got in touch with me and they're saying, oh, we're coming to Dublin. Uh, yeah. Is there a game on? And I was like, <coughs> not in Dublin, but we're, we're playing Derby at like three <laughs> o'clock sake. on a Saturday afternoon for Lovely whatever it was. Yeah. So it was like, they were like, can, can we come? I was like, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got them on the hoops bus or whatever. Like, and then obviously I think we were leaving like at ten o'clock and back of my head I'm going, Oh fuck, I forgot to tell them no what's on it's just open. It's like oh shit and like so they arrive and I'm like, oh lads, really fucking sorry, I forgot to say. Oh no, I bought a tray of cans. Oh would you miss stop shut fucking talking? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, That's the start of the show, that's just And uh, 
so I was like, oh lads, I'm really, really sorry. He says, like, I forgot to say this is job. And they were like, one of them like produces a big yellow suitcase and just goes. <laughs> like oh, suitcase God. full of beers, like ah, oh, he's a grand. <laughs> great boys, yeah, really great, great, really, really good boys. So the, I mean those those relationships, um, it's a, it's I can imagine the camaraderie that exists between the groups would be would be really really good when you when you do meet yeah, up with them. Yeah. But have you ever taken Eden? This was for you. Have you ever taken any? You said you've gotten some tactics from them. Um, match day rituals. How does it compare to your European counterparts as opposed to your own routine culturally? So, like we spoke about, our hybrid model that is... Yeah. How does it differ? I've... Yeah, I, I've, I've talked about this to people before where it's actually... Like, it's so different. In ter- we actually, as a group, probably have to do more and put more effort in because... Obviously, like, we... You can't compare us as Ultra to St. Gallen Ultras. Like, the scale, the shit they do... But they have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of lads. Yeah. So individually, they're actually like not like they they their match day ritual is like they'd get up, spend a lot of fucking time in the pub, and then they'd all go to the ground together. They get their shit set up. Whereas for us, it's very much like fuck. Like who do we have around today? You it's get exciting. into the ground. Like yeah. there's no pre-drinking before games for us. It's like get into the ground, like spending a while setting up kind of thing after the game because you're so limited. You're taking everything down. It's all taking a while. Like for them, it's actually. But they play their on match- Saturdays, isn't it? Yeah, that's also so makes so it hard. Like most lads are coming from work out to talent. Yes, yeah, so you're coming straight from work, but yeah. there's no, but this is even just like to do with talent in general, where the stadium is. There's no like. There's not really a lot of places to go drinking, like it's crap, right bro. by the stadium. Obviously, yeah. you have the dragon, you have the abo, but like they're a bit of a trek. But um. We do yeah, need match, I think, to match. I think. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what we need, right? We need everybody in the south stand. Well, well, in 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 the stadium, right? We need an ultras. It's not just down to a few guys, right? What we need is a culture of it's not just down to those few lads, which is which is what it's always been. It's very typically Irish, those, isn't it? Yeah, though? yeah, yeah. Those few lads, it, it, they're responsible for the atmosphere. That was here with shit tonight. That's the ultras' fault. Oh, yeah, right, it's not right. It, it, we need the whole stadium, the whole the whole Rovers crowd to get involved in their own way. Like I mean, everyone doesn't have to be up waving flares and yeah. flags and so on. But ideally, what you'd want is for the South Stand in particular, for people to make their own banners, their own flags. You see, right? that, not just have it as the ultra. It is happening though. There is a yeah, group to the back of you. It's starting. Yeah. it's starting. It's starting. Like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely say, seeing that. Yeah. Let's say, let's have Luke and Hoops. Yeah, I think, on, they're, on using, I think they're using um, on skulls a and cross. Like, yeah. It's yeah, very they're, pirate-y. Like. Well, they're calling you know, themselves that block Kimmage, They're like Kimmage, good lads. Yeah. doesn't even exist, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, let's, but let's just have, like, Kimmage Hoops on a two-stick. You know, two, Dublin 16 Hoops. So we want all these little groups. Now we just just a little flag, a little something yeah, yeah. across yeah, the whole yeah. thing. A let's let everyone well. like everyone that, do that, that new kind of um, group that kind of emerged. The they have their own stickers as well, right? Really? When they yeah, when they and they have their own t-shirts and stuff. And when they started like um, emerging and coming with flags and banners, I remember people like will be coming up to me like, you have to see this, there's a fucking other lads like, going on like ultras you're like, there. yeah, it's good. Yeah, people are like, what do you think of that man? As if I'd be like, fuck them. I was like, no, this is fantastic. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. what you want. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. like, 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 going back to like that time, 2010, 2011, when the board, like, 
and Sam on the boardwalk block. Okay, they never really did anything too huge. Yeah. But it was always really cool just to see the was culture. That the culture was the boardwalk block Sam? That was yeah. Sam. Yeah. Few of the lads, like, uh, I think Faker and Andy. Yeah, yeah. Faker was, was in the ultras. It was Sam and his load of lads from kindergarten. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, but, no, but, like, but I don't even, think he wanted to name me on the podcast. Just going back to what Keith is saying. I think... One of the really cool things about being involved in the Ultras is setting the culture. Yeah. Like, as you said, you're, like, you're not telling people oh, you have to do this, but coming up with a flag, coming up with a display, coming up with a t-shirt. Like, that's what I'm like, okay, I don't think Boardwalk Block never did anything huge, but some of their stickers, some, of the, yeah. some of the art they yeah. did around, they did some of the, like, the gorilla stuff, they did stuff with um, fans like myself and Len. Like yeah, they had yeah. really cool just stickers and art that they did themselves. But you are and as you said, like that's what like other than just inside the ground, the getting the visibility of the club around the yeah. around the city, that kind of little bits of yeah. DIY art. Yeah. And I DIY agree, stickers, but it takes a like it takes that. a very strong minded individual to try and start that not a revolution yeah. could be a strong word, but to start their own oh, movement. Like yeah. I'm, like but you are but seeing it with people yeah. that like you know Pyro. As like like five years ago, the group were kind of had monopoly on pyro use in the ground. The group was the only people really doing it. Whereas now and like like whatever yeah whatever you think about pyro or not, I know obviously the group never used pyro. Um, it's <laughs> yeah, not, absolutely. Yeah. But you're seeing a lot of um everyone's kind of bringing their own pyro now and taking that initiative that like it doesn't fall on the group to be always the pyro people taking yeah. it. Away. People are in that regards. Where you see like um, few of your friends who might um, have <laughs> a few lads to the right of us, a few lads in the block. Which is, I mean, like when people are doing it on a Monday night against UCD, it's fucking stupid. But yeah, it's great. Like the amount of like derbies where the whole fucking stand is lit up, and it's not necessarily just on us to do that. Other people are now taking the initiative to do that, which is great. But it would be great to see people also having flags, two sticks, painted banners, and take on yeah more of that kind of stuff but all, like I also get it's not for everyone like everyone yeah. doesn't have to want to do this style of support but but it does take that extra little yeah. bit of personality whole, to be able to do that start. though because you're like, like like for example to start the ultras was it, you said there was some mad, mad men involved in it you yeah. need that little bit of extra personality that little bit of yeah. madness in you to kind of have <coughs> and try and start your own movement like when when we first started 50s we we no idea that it would grow to what we thought it'd be, but when we saw that it was gaining momentum, we said, right, well, this is what we want to do. We want to be able to have social engineering, is what we always call it. We wanted to be able to grow the group, grow the fan base, and let everybody know each other mm. eventually, so that the the group just gets huge, and then everybody knows each other, and then mm. as a collective, yeah. you're able to do more because you know each other and you trust yeah. each other, and it's it's a movement realistically. Yeah. You guys yeah. are doing the same sort of thing. Right. On a different it's, it's platform. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. exactly. There's two, there's two people that I really respect in my rovers' history and, and life, right? And, and two of them have said different things, each of them, to me at different times, right? John Bourne, right, who yeah. we all know uh, and love. If you think you're an ultra, you already are, mm. right? If you think that way, you're already in. Joe the Hoop, you're not just here to be entertained, you're here to participate. Mm. That was Joe's call. Yeah, yeah. I, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a difference. 
right? I, me, as a person, can make yeah. a difference to what's happening in this stadium. I'm not just going to sit back and watch the match happen in front of me. I'm going to participate. Yeah. I'm going to do what I can to influence what's happening on the pitch. Yeah. Like when we started, right, there, there are two people, the two messages that really resonate with me. It wasn't about a group as such. What we wanted was more to instill a kind of ideology. Yeah. Where people, when you go, when you go on to the Roma Derby and you see people getting on the tram, you see granddads and twelve-year-old kids bringing their own two-stick banners and flags and all, and they all just hold them up across the whole curve of sudden. It looks amazing, and that was the sort of thing. Like, Everyone's thinking, oh, same f- the ultras aren't performing today. I says, well, you do something. Then. No. You know I mean, mm. that has. I, I will say that has been a, a narrative for maybe a season and a half, season two seasons now. Is that the ultras don't do enough? Yeah, like I don't mind if you don't like us and you don't like what we do. That's fine. But people who go online and start saying like the display we did today wasn't good enough for them but it's like then pick up a fucking paintbrush yeah. and participate because yeah. like, we, we, we like you're not there to entertain yeah. them yeah, we, you're exactly. there to bring the culture on and create an atmosphere because we used to get yeah. that as well we when we started the fan scene a few years ago and, and if I should falter and there was only a handful of us actually participating and actually producing articles and all you used to get was oh there's not enough stuff slagging off balls there's not enough stuff this, there's not enough stuff that. And we just go, we're writing our, write yeah, it and submit it and, yeah. we, and we'll publish it. Like, yeah, we'll literally, it, like, get your finger out and do something. Stop yeah. sitting back and criticising yeah, yeah. and actually do something for your club yeah. that's productive yeah. and that'll make a change. Well, I think we're starting to see it. You're starting yeah, yeah. to see young lads just bringing stuff along on their own accord and that's yeah. great. That's yeah, I think that's class. And like, that's it as well. As like even, or you see, like I remember like being up and drawing it. This season... There's a gang of lads beside me who stood away from from everyone else and were singing their own songs that I'd never heard before. Who were the crowd down the <laughs> I was just going, well done. Yeah. Well done. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I, but like, oh no. They could produce a gem though, you know. And there's probably people going, oh, who would I was fucking need? Are they the same lads from down the end of the West End? They are, yeah. Down yeah. the very end Is of that the, the ones who let the, the flare off <laughs> in the West End? That's all. He stand on West End flares. Yeah. yeah. West End. Yeah. We, we were in the South Stand flares. And we were looking over and I was thinking, is that a fucking flare in the West End? Some teams in Europe actually have rival groups who try and outdo each other. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. good. That's what you want, though. Yeah. Well, we move on, right? So we're yeah, we just right. yeah. so we spoke about uh, counterparts and friends in Europe. Um, Eden, is it a, is it a constant struggle to find a space to create displays? Um, this is going this is going to be one of my favorite questions because I'm going to ask everybody individually their favorite displays and what they participated in and what um, exactly. So we, this this can actually go to everybody. Yeah. So I might as well start with you. Don't start. And we'll go around the room. So, finding the space to actually be creative and, f- and do these displays, how hard was that initially? Yeah. I remember t- someone telling me about there was a paint place in Talbot Street. Nah, nah. Oh, Jerry King. Jerry King. Yeah. Jerry King's yeah. 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 warehouse. In ta- it was his where It was there. And that's in Ballymount near, near the job where me and Puff. Yeah. So, so, tell me about the struggle to so find a space to be as creative. Set up, as I said, yeah. So, I said, I was kind of really lucky so that when I started getting involved with putting displays together. Obviously, Job was still with us, and he had his uh, warehouse in Coilmore, which was real. Like go down there, used to get the get the Lewis out, go to McDonald's, ring Joe, make a day of it. Yeah, Joe, yeah, and, call, and Joe come down, pick you up, drive you down, and go in. Fucking daddy, it was you big speak. as well, so we could do the big flags. Yeah, yeah. So it was really, really big cool. Space. Like really great space. Then after that, as I said, there was a there was a 
a scout's den in a secret location where we like some of like some of the really really big displays that we did like we did the uh the we fear not Danes one there right can you can you talk about the actual create how you created that because i i just i'm you look at it and you think jesus that's great but when you get down to the nitty-gritty and you realize how did you get the actual big canvas how long did it take to yeah paint so, it? different methods. so as i said like so generally as i was like saying like so it's one of the things that you don't think of as an ultra is someone sitting there with a sewing machine going errors on sewing huge pieces of uh, of materials together and like literally so for something like that that's literally what that is it's a lot of strips of material do you know we twice did? the length of a bus yeah well, yeah you know, it, it relatively early is I remember this lads we got our hands on a projector you know, an old school projector from yeah, school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know the old jobby with the, with the little sheets. arm and the acetate. And the slides. Oh, yeah. 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 And we, and we drew our images onto an acetate and we had an, like, the ridiculous looking old school jobby that we project onto, onto the, the wall. wall. Yeah. So you'd be looking and, at it. And, yeah. We couldn't yeah, do that yeah, at the scale. Yeah, we did, we did, we did all hand. that. Yeah. that. That's how we started the, off doing yeah. big stuff. That was quite innovative for back then. Yeah, but, but we, we could only do that with some of the flags. What can you do? You know what I mean? We could only go up to a certain size. Yeah. With the really big flags, you had to do them freehand. And well, you, you do break it into... Like, yeah, like, 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 there's so like, much... There's no projection on that. It's all freehand. There's, like, there's yeah. so much involved in it when you when you actually break it down. There's so much involved. Everything has to be right. Yeah. Like, there's so yeah. many pieces to the puzzle. But even, like, the, there's mathematics right. and shit and, like, dimensions that you're yeah, working yeah. out and, like, so much logistics. Have you got the T-square like, out? Remember, remember T-square? Yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah. But, like, fucking, yeah, but when you get it wrong, you get it really wrong. If you, if, you, if, you, if you misjudge something, yeah. it can be it fucked. Looks yeah. Yeah. It looks And it's not it, acceptable. You're talking inches here. Yeah, and it's not acceptable. Like, if you make a bollocks or something, it's not I I always... I always call it the Hollywood effect of do you know like when you when you see someone from Hollywood from a distance they look absolutely beautiful. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, when you yeah. get right up close and you see all their dimples and yeah. their imperfections and, that's all. and that's a that's a huge amount of that's it. That's we always well. that's yeah. like the group catchphrase, right? Like when you're up close in the warehouse and you're fucking painting that shit and you're right up there, we're like, This looks awful. We always say <laughs> <laughs> They always they always look yeah, yeah. yeah, from far away like, they always look grand. But like when you're up there and you see like yeah, all the fucking the you, rough parts. You use spray paint now though, don't yeah. you? Um, we different methods, different like depends on the display. Different stuff. So yeah, we were used when I was. Well, like, they were starting to use. So we we for displays yeah, we yeah. would use like paint, proper paint. We don't yeah. need like you don't need spray certain bits like. So different styles from different. So you have different styles from different individuals. Yeah. So tell me this: is it one person's idea or is it a collective? Well, so the way like everyone like within a group, everyone has their own roles. So like you have people in the group who. Like they're, they're the lads who can fucking drive the shit everywhere, and that's kind of their big contribution. That they can drive everywhere, and they can be there every week. And then you have the people who have the really great ideas, and they're like, we should do this and do that. And then you have the more technical people who are like, who can actually the graphic. Like we have a few graphic designers who can actually design the displays. Yeah. Then you have the people who can design them, and then you have the people who design them, and then the arty people who are like. This is how we're going to make that come to fruition on a big piece of material. This is like a factory line. Yeah, but then you, you have like literally the fucking engineer types who are like, <clears throat> if we're doing this, this size, we'll need this much poles, they need to be this much weight, we'll have ropes here going there, we'll sew this bit like this, but this bit needs to be heavier so that can hang here. Like there's, 
So it I could fall think... to show you if you put something heavy on the top and something light in the bottom. Yeah, the you really got to think like, about yeah, it. Yeah, the wind is Yeah, like, I don't. I don't think people realise the like amount of like logistics that goes into pulling them. Out. Even the ones that don't look that big, it still there's a lot of logistics that you probably. It's not as simple as just holding up a banner. There is like proper fucking like. Mathematics and shit. Tell me, tell, well, Paul, Paul tell us a story, and then I want to ask you about the cup final. So, about a, a jacks display in Tolka Park, <laughs> and a certain a certain Dijon. The jacks display. Yeah, that you not remember right? So I, I, we can we can jump. So back essentially, the the display is so we're playing playing balls. So we were in the the old the Lego stand. So basically, display display was essentially a joint toilet. Right. That sat that sat below the stand, and like all the things that like symbolise balls, a scroll of Jack's roll, balls players and their achievements, history, manager that flowed down into the toilet. Is there photographs in Jack's roll? The problem is, what I remember chatting to Ralph, and he was I was going, "What did you do on that display?" He says, "I was hiding behind the Jack." I was just like, "Didn't want me." The origins of this. It's a great display. Dijon came up with an idea, and it was like, no, you're mental. You can't do that. No, I saw Lazio. I think it was Lazio or Sampdoria or something. Do it. No, it's going to be great. I was like, no, you can't do that. It's Tolka Park. No. Did it go down well? Right, but no. But you know what? He won his argument. No, but you know what the thing is, right? He won his argument, and he says, right, we're doing it. And like, I was vehemently opposed to the idea. Right, this is lunacy. Right, but the agreement was, we're doing it. And I was like, right, fuck it, we're doing it. So, like, 100% behind it. And everybody was 100%, whether you agreed with it or not. And we did it. We did it. We, we actually did it. We produced, we produced the Jack's seat. We produced the Jack's roll with the list of honours of bowls that flowed into it. And we, what list we of pulled honors, it off. What list of honours? Yeah. Yeah. players. Uh, we players. have best tackle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Player of the month. Yeah. Player of the month. But we pulled it off. Another point you were saying about source and space is the work. Like, really funny. Uh, I think the lads were really struggling to find somewhere to... To, to put stuff together because they said we kind of after the scouts then we had the the, the, the wallpaper factory in, in Ballymount which was really great but once again I think once Gary was gone away like that was, that, that was fucking gone mm. I'd recently bought an apartment in, in, in an area and uh, I fucking I went to vote in my local school I saw a thing in the local school said space to rent so just I just I, oh, so yeah. I, I said like I said it to like Sean Fairy at the time I said Sean I know he's are stuck yeah don't mention just, the address of the skill yeah I won't, <laughs> I won't mention it at all I said just just I saw this mm. and they use it and it's on the big. fly really because yeah, you, so yeah, your mind yeah. is always taking over yeah yeah but it's like whatever like we use it for a few years and then like eventually they get sick of fucking. Spray paint on yeah, the floors. Yeah, like all, all the little kids come in on Monday morning and there's paint fumes. And, <laughs> Do you remember uh, um, we used the sta- We were allowed to use the stadium yeah. a couple of times. And yeah. we used to climb over the wall because we, we didn't have a key to get into the stadium. Was, uh, so we'd climb over the wall on a Saturday afternoon and we didn't paint on the stand. But I wasn't there today. <laughs> but the lads, 
painted this flag and they didn't put anything underneath it any yeah. plastic or anything yeah. so it went through onto the ground and it's still there to yeah, this day still there yeah. still you there. can see it you see the ultras logo on the ground yeah. Yeah, yeah, remember so that got thrown out of there remember <laughs> the uh the when we played real madrid and we had to move the sligo game to uh we had to move to talk to, to yeah yeah and we had a banner that said which is really cool that was my idea again it, no it didn't it said sorry doesn't conceal contempt which is uh sd that was painted in my apartment and we literally went out and bought on that day and we literally went out and bought uh, hair dryers and stood there with hair dryers trying to dry the paint and we finished it under the we finished it under the lego stand in talca park (coughs) ultras baby yeah yeah so so favorite display so i'm gonna ask kempes your your favorite display that means most to you Maybe a pivotal moment in the, in the uh, history of the ultras. Obviously, the, the force display in Tallow, such a great atmosphere, the force night. And, you know, we'd all been in there at two o'clock in the day, and the builders were still finishing off the stand, and we were putting flags into the ground, you know, putting flags in all the seats and all that stuff. So that'd be one of my favourite moments. Tell just, me, just because of, not because of the display, just the emotion of the whole day, and that yeah. finally getting there and all that stuff. Tell me about, I remember there was one in Talca, and it was outrageous. There was flags, there was Flares, yep. huge display. Oh, yeah. tell, tell me German. about, tell no, me about no, that the, one. We're the day before we played Germany. Oh, it was German massive against Drada. Yeah, 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 we yeah. Were. 2007. And actually, somebody who actually deserves a mention is, is Karl Schur. That's Era, wasn't it? Hoop, right. Um, it, was, it was around the time of the formation of the 400 Club and when we were starting to take over the club. We were playing until we were playing Drada. 2007. 2007. 2007, yeah. Playing Drogheda in Tolka Park, and Ireland were playing Germany the following day. And Carl Schur, who lives in Carl Schur in, in the Schwarzwald in Germany, drew up a load of flyers, and a load of volunteers went out to Dublin Airport and hit all the German fans who were showing up. Right, and we had an average attendance of about 12, 1400. Stan was packed that day. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, there was about 6,000 in, in Talca or something that night. And we went, we went. That's the night you're talking about where it was we on had, TV, it was live we, on TV. Yeah, as well. we, we, had, they, they we had, you were easy. Your man thing. was up in the we had like 30 flares or something. Yeah. And with the Riverside stand, we completely lit it up. Yeah, and what we did, we did something different that night that we hadn't done before. We had about 30 flares, but it, say it was 10, yeah, 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 but it was 30 or 40, them, yeah. and I say it was 10 people who had 3 or 4 each, and as soon as the flare went out, you lit another one. So it went on for ages, yeah. the flare yeah. display went on for It's ages. a brilliant video of Inferno, yeah. And the place was covered in smoke, and it was full of Germans, and it looked Fantastic. Yeah. George Hamilton was, um, <coughs> it was a real box. Wow. He was like, this is what we chose. <laughs> <laughs> what's really cool, I had, I had uh, <coughs> mates over from Cardiff that day as well. And like, they, like, so, Gart, like, it's, that's another one of those things. It's not really a leak, it's just, there was a lad from Cardiff living in Dublin. We got to know him. He moved back home. We started going to watch Cardiff. We got to know his mates. They occasionally came to Dublin, but it all. Yeah. But the first time they came as as a group what was that game, and they were fucking blown away. Blown so that's stuff away, like, in Wales. They were fucking blown no. away, like. So, Eden, tell me about <coughs> you as a second generation. Let's say, um, what would be your favorite display? Probably, um, 
Like, there's so much, like, ones I think were, like, were really cool, but, like, maybe were, like, smaller ones that, like, maybe, like, what... It's, like, the one we did last year against Bose, where it was the happiest city where citizens disobey. Yeah. Like, I thought that was, like, a really cool one, just because, like, the sentiment, like, a play on the city's motto, and looked deadly, but it wasn't, like, one of the biggest ones. Because wasn't that around the time, I think, where the board had come out with... Well, not the board, but the thing had come out from the club... Yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. We'd gotten to chatting too while we were going in, basically being like, um, if there was one flare, everyone was getting thrown out, kind of thing. And yeah. then there was multiple flares. <laughs> but, um, the most special one probably was Cup Final 2019, because that was like, like instead, like the group, like, fucking, that almost killed. Like, we were like, found it hard to get back into the group afterwards. Because you had like, what? We probably had like a month between beating Bowles in the semis and then the game Yeah. and we had this so they we're like we have to do something fucking amazing but that display was literally like so every like for the four weeks between the semi final and the cup final everyone every your whole Saturday your whole Sunday we're meeting up in a warehouse spending the fucking day like 12 to 10pm painting 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 sticking flags together sewing doing everything and then throughout the week there's fucking lads at home like you're spending every night painting a fucking letter and then someone else is doing it in his gaff so you'd constantly be in touch with each other saying Roy have you got the L done have you got the yeah, R done have you got like, literally like it was like everyone kind of, you kind of had to give up your life for that month the amount of work that went into it and like you're fucking like like we like we're, we were looking into renting fucking vans and we like like looking into renting storage for the end of fucking flags and like like them like I'm not gonna go into figures but like you're looking at like a couple of grand went into that and it was all like we did a fundraiser to pay for the display and in fairness the Rovers fan base um, like donated fucking thousands yeah, yeah. Still, I remember that one I remember that one. Like, even still at that like I don't think people realise how much money goes into these things like there was a a lot of group members threw in like uh, significant amounts of personal money into it yeah. like huge amounts but just the work that went into it was like just insane. Like, like, none of us had any life for um, about a month. And a few of the lads, obviously, who live abroad, like we were talking about earlier, came back for the game. And they'd be like, coming back on the Tuesday, the game was on the Sunday. And, you know, they mightn't have seen their family or their friends for, like, months or whatever. But it was like, no, as soon as you're back, your whole time in Dublin is spent painting this. And it was just, the work that went into it was insane. And then I remember on the day, we unfurled it and, like, half the paint was still fucking wet. And like you could smell the wet paint and there was bits dripping. It was just because <laughs> it, it was like logistically. I remember the net the following week, a couple of us went to a game in Lisbon. So it was me, Forky, Andy, Neil, and you were there, weren't you? Mm. Yeah. And uh, we were obviously all on a buzz. We just won the cup final, and there was like, uh, Hammerby Ultras, Bologna Ultras, Sporting Ultras, and we were showing them the um, the pictures of the cup final display, and they were like, "Holy fuck, that's such a cool display! Fair play." They're like, "How many people are in your group? Like 80, 90? And We're like. No, about 20 guys painted that. And they were like, what the fuck? How do you do a display that size with a group that small? And I think just that was the group. Like, we pushed ourselves so much past. That was such a significant moment. What we moment. should be capable of. And it was, in, but we actually, like, it, like a lot of people, like, because like, that was actually the last game of the season. And none of us spoke to each other for about three months because we're like, <laughs> we're fucking, like, like fucking death each other. Yeah, we literally like, yeah. I don't want to look at any of you because I've spent the last month in fucking one of the lads' kitchens every night painting a fucking oar and going over it <laughs> and sewing bits and taking flags. And then even the next season started and I remember we were kind of trying to force ourselves for a while because we're like, we were so burnt out. 
but and then eventually obviously yeah like thankfully covid came along and we got a good break <laughs> for a few years but the the display <laughs> itself for the cup final yeah, was an absolutely yeah. outrageous i mean the photos everything about it like that's a really significant day in my family's it was the first real significant thing that we had as a family sharing rovers victory and it was it was huge for us and my kids mm. will never ever forget it but it was just insane the amount of effort and work that went into it and it'll never be topped in my opinion they made it onto a jersey look yeah there yeah. you go and we I, still top it yeah, we're like yeah. what the fuck if we get into the cup final again like how do we yeah. how do we do that yeah, yeah. Like, you're probably happy to have done that but it wouldn't even just war. like we had the main <laughs> display so we obviously had that main big display that most of the effort went into but then on top of that we had kick off there was like a hundred flares then at half time we had another small display yeah, with really just with flags and towards the end of the game we did banners for like uh, Joe, Rennie um, and like Pete like Deck like, yeah. yeah. lads as who well. passed away yeah. I think I don't think Deck yeah. had passed away at that stage oh no no that was the, the one after but yeah, like so we had like basically three displays in the one game and yeah. obviously we fucking won the cup final yeah. in the most amazing way possible so for like I think for like anyone who was involved in that period that will always be like the thing that's that that will define all of our times and even a lot of the lads that so I, I wouldn't consider myself second generation I'd be like third generation and that was kind of the handover so a lot of the lads who would have taken over when like used like left like um, newbie Sean and all them they were kind of like that was their last display so they all put everything into that and then after that display, it was kind of just kind of emotional and poignant because a lot of the lads then a few weeks later were like, okay, like that's um, now it's time for you guys to take over. <laughs> and the likes of um, like the lads who are in the group now is like you guys are now the guys running the group. Yeah. So that was like the kind of la- that was like the second generation basically bowing out, and we were just the young fellas being told what to do. And then now we're like we're I'd say we're the third generation of the group now. Yeah. What, what's, well, ac- what's actually funny dude, just is, is like li- listen, deadly, listen to you deadly. listen to you talking about all the work that went into that and the time you went through. Like not taking not taking any credit. But I remember getting a text from Sean going, Oh, we've got this fucking really big display fucking planned, but we need we need something for the front banner. Any ideas? I was like it was really like, oh how is it like legends are born rings it. <laughs> I just, just go yeah it whatever whatever like I didn't I was like it, it was just, and I, but when they actually went when I actually saw that I was like yeah oh, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> but I have a story about the previous cup final remember in 2010 it was, it's very funny because yeah, I just rang was it Noel Mooney was the marketing officer or something yeah well you and I just rang him says yeah uh, Rovers all just here want to get her stuck in the ground he said yeah Grant come down in the morning and uh, meet me outside the stadium so I drive down my car all the stuff in the boot it was the big white horse flag remember that yeah one? yeah yeah and I met him he goes yeah come on he says I says well what, what, how do I carry stuff in he says no no he says look he's pressed the button opens this tunnel he goes, go on, drive your car in on the pitch. <laughs> so I drove in across the pitch. Oh, you donuts on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. Drove in. He says, he says, don't go on the pitch. He says, you can drive around it. He says, drive right, right up the front of the stand. He says, offload your stuff there. He didn't check anything, nothing. It's grand. Leave it all there. Funny thing was, though, we went down to Ring's End, did the march up. Uh, Sligo were bullying then after. Okay, they won, bastards. But... They were bullying, they got all their stuff taken off them because they never rang the FAI for They were going mad. They oh, just turned up. Rovers collaboration with the FAI. <laughs> oh, yeah. FAI's fucking, um, I don't know, teachers, pet, all this crap yeah. on the internet. Going mad they were. And we were just laughing, going, if you, that's what you do. Yeah. You yeah, ring up and. Due you, diligence, yeah. Yeah, Chris. But we'll talk. Now, 
well, that's displays, but we're going to talk about... You get Dunster and Key's favourites? Yeah, so give us your give us your favourites. Yeah. Dunster, give us your key. And Keith, you're next. Give us your favourite yeah. display. Uh, the favourite display, and it's actually not even quite a display. It was a it was a banner, which I thought was really cool. That was a kind of a few of us came up with, which was you know the the pats, uh, uh, the pats never relegated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had we had a banner that said rather rather once relegated than forever medicated. <laughs> <laughs> They're not quite displayed, but I always thought that was a funny, but even, really, I think really cool. The whole culture that surrounds now, like a, the straight out of Dublin one, those ones, yeah. those ones are really, really cool. Yeah, I, lo- I, I, I love I popular do, I, culture. Yeah, I, lo- I do like. I actually the uh, sorry, I'm gonna take that back. Can I retreat? Yeah, go is ahead. Is when the fourth year, Dundalk came up and, and they won the league in Tally. Or sorry, they won the league. And and they arrived and we played it the following week and we had the wire with the King's Daily King. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> like that type of thing I love. Like the likes yeah. of like those cult movies. Yeah, and, and like and it wasn't like sometimes like there's a pop culture for the sake of a pop culture. Yeah. Where that was a very it was relevant. pointed. Yeah, Joe was actually like, a great one. The last one we did last season for the last home game against yeah. Derry. The um, Falcher Cube and yeah. uh, Tau as well. Yeah, that was really, like I thought that really. looked deadly, but also it was do- it was a really niche reference that no one wasn't that got. about the the plague. The, yeah, the, so yeah, Tala Tala yeah. gets this name from the words Tau which means plague pit, because Tala is where um, during the Black Death, I think like Tala had like loads of masquerades or something. I don't know the full history of it. But yeah, that was like the reference <laughs> behind that. It was like it said welcome to the plague pit in Irish and I had this big fucking plague doctor I thought that and looked sick and, and by the way I, everyone I talk to the plague doctor has to stay <laughs> yes he, yeah. is well, the, he is the <laughs> coolest <laughs> thing on the fucking planet we, 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 had, well, we had him again there the yeah I saw him in the daily mouth total aside during the, lock, during the lockdown in Covid in England there was a bloke who had an old plague case costume and he started going out for walks around Norwich City during the day, like middle of the day, wearing a plague doctor's costume, you <laughs> yeah. know. And people were getting totally freaked out by him. Like, I you know? remember this. And they were ringing the cops up saying, you know, oh, this guy is scary. And he'd stop at, at windows, wouldn't he? And he'd just look into them. Just look into windows. They had to send out like, cops to try and, you know, hide in bushes and try and catch him and see who he was and warn him off and stuff. But even if we go back to, we'll go get to Keith now and we'll talk about um, the pig's head is a fairly um. relevant uh, story in, in Rovers culture and history so tell us about the whole pig's head right. and well, lead up to it and was it ultras orientated I, 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 I won't spend any time on it but just on displays what the lads did for the 20 year anniversary of oh, yeah. the ultras was yeah. brilliant against Finn Harps yeah. oh he was actually at the junior hoop stall with my daughter and Jaden and I got a great view of it and I, I just thought to myself, that's a ray. Wasn't that when we did we un, did we unveil Jack Bourne as a signing? Yeah, we signed them back that day, possibly. But either way, it was a two part display. It was a two part display, and they did a part of it about the current group, but they also made reference to the history of the group. They brought out the old banner and mm. brilliant. John annoys me that one though. So mo- that was another one that a lot of effort went into, but most of the effort, most of the time, and the logistical nightmare was the centerpiece. So this big, really cool centerpiece. But there was so much like pyro that in, you can't see it in any photo. But you, but you know what, do you, do you remember the row with the cameraman? 
The RTA oh, yeah, cameraman. So, so basically, he yeah. was saying, he was saying, your rope's in my shot. And I'm, we're going, what? He says, your rope's in my shot. <laughs> and I said, literally, mate, it's going to go up and it's going to come down and it won't be in your shot. But and he's going, yeah, but when we do the teams, we pan out and your rope is going to be in my shot. So I was like, well, we're not we're not taking we're it. We're not down. budging, yeah. So yeah, we went out and got like the the production manager and we were like, no, we'll come up and go down and be grand. Like, and he was like, okay, fair enough. And that was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just well, so, yeah. And put it in the end. You couldn't see. Yeah, you every single photo, you wouldn't it. know there is you a centerpiece because there's so much smoke <laughs> no, and pyro. You can't see but it. that's actually like 70% of the work. what we did yeah, was yeah. in that centerpiece. I so that was, see it. Yeah, it was a bit, there's a it few photos deadly. where you can kind of make it out. It was dead. Um, it was dead. But um, like we'll we'll move on. So we talked about our displays. And um, is there factors when you were actively involved, what factors were taken into account? when it was certain teams you were playing against. So was there certain games that you'd decide that are uh, pyro? Was there certain games that you'd go for? What was the factors that you'd, you'd, you'd thought about? Like, there's obviously certain Relevant games. events. There's always, yeah, so there's always, like, certain games that are, like, you know, it's not, you're not doing this play against the UCD. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There, the derby, there's probably always a little bit of an impetus. The, to do a display and then you've kind, of, you've kind of got your middle grounds where someone's just come up with a good idea yeah you come up like you got, you got we haven't really like do you know what I mean the last couple of weeks all we've done is pyro we should probably fucking mm, yeah <laughs> and it's not even got any ideas and so it turns out someone's got a really really good idea like, so a lot of the time like um, when I was involved it was more you had a good idea and I said that, that, but then maybe around the derby, you wanted to do like, like I, I think we actually got in Tala to that two thousand and eleven, when we had the big crowd covers, it made us lazy. Yeah. Because you could just, you could just whip out the crowd covers <laughs> and, and a bit of pyro, and it looks don't don't be wrong, it always looked fucking great, but it did make it a little bit lazy. Uh, and like, cause like, the other thing as well. Sometimes when we were in the East Stand, that way you couldn't. It was very hard to do anything big. Because the awesome. wind, yeah. the wind just fucking took everything. Up, took yeah. everything like it took everything like so. You were holding the T-Pose. It was like, it was like yeah. fishing for sharks trying yeah. to hold on to the stick. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the prof has just produced a crowd cover here. So like, that's like, I'm gonna that, show the lads. This, this is. Is it still around? It's a monster. Where is this now? <laughs> Where do you store them? It probably yeah. stinks. I said, I said, I don't know where that is, but I still think the best one is. I said, like, I know we were talking about the We Fear No Downs one. We uh, we auctioned that. Someone, someone bought, bought that. that someone it, yeah, it. someone bought it. What did they do? They paid it? about two hundred and fifty or three hundred quid or something. What did they do? Hang off the front of their house. I can't remember what. what? I can't yeah. remember under. I think we were. What happened? Two hundred and fifty. No, like, like a I fundraiser what, for the group. It was yeah, no, but I think it what it hadn't coincided was that. Um. I think the club were moving, like, or, or the council were moving around stuff under the stand, and they wanted us to clear out the room. And I think we were kind of, and we were kind of doing that. Well, that's fucked. Throw it out. But yeah. when we came across that, like, it was still in really good nick. So you said, so well, we, we said, we make a few quid over here. We paid about, we paid about three hundred, two fifty or three hundred quid or something. Was it like an auction? Mm. So we've had, um, we've had pyro bannings and individuals being banned this season. So, um. Do you want to talk about the 
your your thoughts on the bands itself? Or? Uh, it's going back to what I was saying about um about the crowd cover. I think pyros it can be a lazy option as well in terms of mm. if you don't really like it's a big game. We have to do something. It's like, and it goes it's it's very, very it's easy. It's yeah, easy. It so very we, easy. what we said when you were when you were gone was that do you take anything into account when certain games are coming up? Is it relevant? Like, is there certain fixtures that you think we have to do this? Does it recent events come into it? What, what ways? Yeah. Work? So we like sometimes like. Um, the creative process. Sometimes it is just someone has a really cool idea and it's like, we're going to do that no matter what. But yeah, sometimes, yeah, like the displays, you want them to be relevant to like the fixture or something that's happened, um, that's happened in the last couple of weeks kind of thing. Yeah. Where yeah, sometimes it's just a case of, oh, that, that would look really cool, fucking cool as a display. Yeah. And you just do that. But yeah, like, so, like sometimes, yeah, like we try to keep them relevant, but like, like those who were saying, like generally, yeah, you, like you keep the best stuff for the derby yeah. or for like, like a top of the table clash sort yeah. of thing. But then yeah, there will be times where yeah, you're like Europe. Yeah, exactly. Europe's always going to be the Yeah, like, especially when you have like some because there's not a lot of obviously there isn't a big ultra scene in Ireland. So when you're playing in Europe, if you have like Ferenc Varas coming to Tala, you want to do something good. Like it's yeah. the only kind of chance you have. Wait, did, did you have the UEFA fellas hassling you before the game? <laughs> I'm not talking about that on a podcast. <laughs> but, uh, in, in Blazers, these lads coming down, they want what's on the flag and all, and yeah, they want to inspect everything. Well, that's, and it's very. We kind of realised last year in the conference, um, without going into too much details, it's that it's very different in European fixtures, especially in the group stages. Very how strict. you go about things and. It's I didn't let like they, you wait for people step in a lot with that kind of stuff. I not like, yeah. They've don't go into tremendous detail. Yeah, but like, in Ireland, you can kind of like, you know, you get searched and sometimes like they might want to look at it like while you're fucking unfurling it. But it's um, yeah, it's a different ball game with um with UEFA fixtures. But I think it's just they just there's rules in UEFA fixtures about like you can't do anything political. Or like offensive, so they want to like double check everything, but we don't do that anyway. Yeah, like, we're it's not, not just a political style, yeah. group. But we'll even go on to we talk about Bannons, we talk about the the need for the club to do it. They, the fines are significant, and it has been uh, had a, an adverse effect on finances. But is it possible for a safe pyro section? Is there anything yes. that exists in Europe? Yes. Is there such a thing? Yeah. Uh, I think is it. And how would you Sweden? how would you implement it? Um, the, the way we it was being done in Daily Mount with the, you had select individuals <laughs> and the security knew who was letting off the flares so they knew exactly who the lads were standing on the front with um, buckets of sand to put the flares in rather than banning the flares and then forcing people up into the crowd lighting them set people's heads on fire all that nonsense yeah. Yeah. Like, I think, I mean, like, there I is think, a safe way of doing it I think the, 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 sorry from what I understand now the directive where where for ages it was stupid where someone would light a flare Throw and security things. would rush rush towards yeah. them. Yeah, where I think what I think the I in in their like obviously they're not condoning it, but I think the guidance now is Yeah. Don't don't run to them. Like let, let it, it let, let it die let, out. let it die out and then and then move in. Like yeah, you know it's, what, it's a complicated you know what, lads? Nothing on the pitch. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bottles, yeah. people, anything, nothing yeah. on the pitch. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. keep yeah. it in the stand. Well, yeah. yeah, like the whole like uh, it's a complicated debate around like that kind of stuff. Like, I mean, what they have in Norway, like some people think yeah, it's great because like it's legal and stuff, but also 
it's like yeah like I know certain clubs they like they have to have agreements with the club and the police that you can do pyro three times a year the people who are lighting have to get a license and all that which but I think I mean more so it's like yeah what you were saying there like, I even like there was an incident when I was a bit younger um, where you're away and I was like like had a flare like, I don't even think I was in the group at the time and yeah I had a fucking flare in my hand about 15 and two stewards like fucking come grab me drag me out and it's like that's so fucking dangerous yeah, I yeah. flare yeah, my yeah, hand yeah. like just if it's gonna happen like you have to let it happen it's so dangerous to be tackling people with stuff in their hands like it's never like obviously you do see just like there is like you would see people who like like younger kids who get their own stuff and they light it they're right. handing it to their mates they're all doing getting their photos and that's like like that is Ridiculous. that can be dangerous like like I mean when like people who are used to it are doing it there isn't really a danger it's not dangerous to, if you're someone who knows what you're lighting a flare but it is dangerous if someone's lighting a flare and a guard comes and tries to grab them yeah. while they're lighting it the narrative has kind of moved in terms of pyro in that it Pyro was only ever the the realm of the ultras. Now anybody, can get pyro. So, and in fairness to the boys, it's like it's nothing to do with us. You know that used to be the case mm. when yeah it was to do with us. Like there was no pyro. there was no plausible now, liability. Like, now yeah, yeah. anybody can. Yeah. So I mean, and there's personal safety and everything. Like people need to be responsible. Yeah, but yeah that's it is. Sort of, it's a very it's a very hot topic. It's it a tricky. Is, it is. It's literally, literally. <laughs> some random are dead off a flare. I'm sorry, boys. <laughs> I just realised the, the poll I made there. I'm sorry, though. Pyro is fucking great. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Like, like, so, so go back to what I was saying earlier. I said like where sometimes it can be it can be the easy option and I said like it should not like I mean if you if you're doing it in conjunction with something else it should enhance a display rather yeah. than it just being part of for the sake of part yeah, of yeah yeah and as you said don't fuck it on the pitch be smart sake, like, be yeah. smart put it at your feet and let it burn out great like, yeah. and you know what if nobody does anything stupid it can sort of tick along yeah right yeah. but if you get stupid with things well then but that could possibly be the case now because, like you said, everybody has it, and I think there should be maybe a bottom line where is to say if you're bringing pyro, this is what you do with it. Don't throw it on the pitch, like Education. you said. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's not really going to happen. No. to tell you the truth, no one can be seen. Just I, what like what I would say is leave it to the people who know what they're doing. Yeah, possibly. Right? Yeah. But I mean, if everybody can do whatever they want, obviously in today's world, everybody can get whatever they want. It's got back but if you are going to do something. Be smart about it. Yeah. Don't be stupid. And it's said, come back to what you're we saying. Trying to tell Robert's fans. Yeah. What the fucking do? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's um, that's pretty much the ultras section. We're going to talk about it a little bit. We're, we're not going to talk about relationships with the club or anything like that. But we're going to talk about the current status of the club. And um, it's a little bit left field. But the direction that the club is going in, as regards to being a majority members own club. Now it's a little bit left field, but we want to talk about yeah. it, and you're you're welcome to say no comment yeah. if if you feel. Do you think that the club is going in the right direction? I'll start with you. Don't say. Do you think the club's uh, going the right direction? Is the way the structure and the makeup of the club? Are yeah, there? like to be honest, I, I, I preface this section with saying this is like none of this is the views of the orders. This is yeah, yeah. this is totally this is separate. Clean, clean yeah. Yeah. Clean yeah. The clean yeah, now. Like, ge- like generally, I I I would support that hybrid model. The, the, the fan the 50% fan owned 50% private owned uh, I think it was completely necessary 
for what we wanted to do as a club in terms of like building up the academy and like it's completely completely agreed I think that was it I voted for it yeah and I voted for all the changes that that, that brought in um it's it's very hard like and I said I always had this thing like the first time around in Europe whereas it's it's so difficult for an Irish club to move to a next level because as I said the story I always say is we beat we beat Partizan Belgrade uh, would be part of it. How much better than partisan grade can Ruben Kazan be? Yeah. And then you saw Ruben Kazan, mm. and you were just like, Holy okay, God. okay. So th- this does not press like, the pause button. Yeah, there's, there's no way we and and in my head is I think there is a glass ceiling as an Irish club. Yeah. I think there is a glass ceiling in terms of like I don't know like the guy coming your man coming in at um at Shelburne. You've no idea what way that's going to work. Thing. Is there he going to throw? Is he going to throw? Like he could throw mad money at it, and they could go, go into another stratosphere, or it could be another Argaka, and they're fucking folding in mm. in two years. Um, I just think I think our the model we have is is the right model to have, as I said. <sighs> Obviously, I, I don't want to speak about certain things. Politics. But, politics, but I I, I think if if everything is one voice, everything's pulling together, the way we have, we should, like, we've got everything, we're so far ahead of everyone else in the If league. it's done in the right manner, if it's done it, in the right it, manner, done, that, that, yeah. that, that, like, okay, I don't, as I said, we wait and see what happened to Shelburne, like, as I said, like, because they're the, like, and, and then obviously you've got your man Boyce at Derry, at Derry now as well, who can, who can just basically he's not an owner he can just put money into the club and yeah. it all goes through the P&L and it's all and like so it's, it's, it's how deep his bank is but I, I think it's very difficult without stupid mega money for an Irish club to make any sort of great leap forward it so also it also falls down to infrastructure as well and yeah. the actual state of the game yeah, yeah. in the league and if you look all across the board it's still an amateur league. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's actually disgraceful yeah. really and it's embarrassing that we like yeah. you, you go to Ordell and you're still it's using Ordell yeah, yeah. like that type of thing as well. It's very very hard and unfortunately in my opinion yeah. I don't think in any of our lifetimes yeah. we're going to see an industry yeah. that exists within the league. Let's go back to what I was saying was that like I think we've we've always looked at it in terms of like how like so many folks went bust trying to get the Champions yeah. League now I, I, I think we're really really well lucky to a certain extent but I think we we planned this way that with the we won the league the year that the Europa Conference League came I know in, yeah and we've been we've been the main benefactor of that new structure yeah. in Europe but that was all so, pre-planned yeah. as well. So, but I, so I think if that facilitates us to win the league year after year after year, anything you get in Europe is gravy. Yeah. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It, it's great to think that we can go and compete with, like like even last night, like I'm, I know we're not playing well, I know we're in a bit of a slip, but at the end of the day, it's still fair and far. Yeah. I know they're the shape of But just like, they're just 
light years ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're looking at the top. We're going to beat them mad in the head. Yeah. <laughs> every every player that was coming off the bench was like a Moroccan international. Yeah, these guys, the semi-final world cup. And as I said, I like so as I said, unless you want to, tr- and I think that's actually, if you look at something like like something like how did the like, team like, from, from like Hungary, beat them? Though? But even understand. if you look at something like Hungary, it probably is the next step. Well, above no, us, but it's still yeah, it's a lot years, years ahead. Years ahead. Well, no yeah. Hungarian so, fans and French fans are so far ahead of everyone else in that league that they're just and and, and they keep telling us odd. Oh, it's just all government money. It's it's there's corruption obviously yeah, there. Yeah. But the next biggest team I think is Oipest, and they play in a small stadium, same size as ours, ten thousand, um, and they they get battered by. French virus, you know, three nil the whole time. Yeah. Every year, no yeah. one can get near them. Yeah, and so, they were saying after the Pharaohs game, oh, the reason they lost is they've no competition in Hungary. That was their excuse. Yeah, and yeah. that's and that's what people were saying about Rovers. This is all we don't exactly get. Like that, but yeah. like this season has been, I I wouldn't I wouldn't buy it. This season's an, an yeah, anomaly, anomaly, I think, yeah, more than anything. Yeah, yeah. But has anybody else got any? Kebes, uh, I, I I think that the league has changed a bit in the last few years. In that you now have like literally eleven or twelve. Teams who are full time in their in their in their Premier League league world, and like on a given day, any team can be any anyone else. And you, for a long, long time, it was always two teams at the top can run away with the league, and they you know. But this year, like it's it's fairly wide open. You have a lot of teams beating everyone else. Like you have a lot of teams who've lost three, four, or five matches each. It's mm. the whole standard thing, has the dropped dynamic. This year. Well, no, it's, I don't think you could say well the standard has dropped. I was I, the I was the, of the opposite opinion of that. Yeah. I felt that Small it was actually quite high. As a no, lot of the teams, last season was it's there. more. No, it's more. Yeah. Sorry, it's. I think it's more competitive now in that it's much harder now to beat teams than it used to be. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You used there's to. There's no like, givens anymore. There's no really. givens anymore. You know what I mean? Maybe one, maybe two, but that's about it. Like you're going, to, you're, you know, you slow go home or you slow go away. You're not thinking well. We're definitely going to win today, and yeah. that, that, that's no. the league has got stronger in that way. And so, just to add one mm. thing is like the last season before, the season before last, we got so many late goals. Because we were fair, we were mm. strong. That's all gone, and it's that's more down to that teams have advanced and that teams are well, fair. Yeah. Teams yeah. are stronger. Yeah. That they're, that, yeah, that so they're, they're on not, our level now. You could say not that they're on our level, but fitness wise, they yeah. can see out a game. Yeah. they can okay. manage a game for ninety minutes. Well, I think they've younger squads as yeah. well. Rover squads. We're yeah. moving into personal opinion here, and I have my personal opinions on where the club and the squad and the team and the management and so on are. Nothing to do with it. Yeah. Right. We're here tonight to talk about ultras. Yeah. And regardless of what's happening in the board, in the academy, in the management, ultras are one hundred percent. Yeah, it's a celebration right. of ultras yeah, culture. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, we could say, but this is just an aside. Yeah. Right. Personal opinion doesn't come into it. Right. It's a hundred percent. The 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 group, and the mentality is always has been and always will be 100% backing of the club yeah. right backing of the team not the club the team right so that's what we have to all agree on pretty, yeah. pretty much yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. like we said we'll um, this is we're coming to the end now so what does the future hold for the SRFC Ultras um, growth yeah I, I think I mean like there is issues at the moment that I think we can all see with, like it's great in some ways. That there's so many young fans, um, coming across like um coming to the club and stuff. But it does seem that um. I I think the best thing for the group and the fans seen at Rovers in general, I think, is if like supporters, 
like proper Rover supporters come together and form a strong block together. I think now issues with our fan scene are that there's like a good like let's say we have the ultras down the front and there's a good group of lads up in the corner and then a good group of lads over to the left and to the right and then in, like in the other fucking side. But then in between all these different groups of lads who have similar sorts of mentalities, who love the club, who we would all stand together when we travel away. We'd all travel away together. We'd all go out drinking together. But we're all split up by these groups of children. And I think it's great to see so, like, so many young people taking interest in Rovers and be passionate about it. But I also think for the fan scene to grow, I think there needs to be unity between the like the kind of hardcore supporters where I feel like now it can be a bit clicky and a bit divided and I'm not even I'm not even saying it's a case of oh like everyone needs to stand with the ultras like of course not like it I think for ourselves to like there's so much potential there at Rovers especially with the south stand like compared to the yeah. east stand we're now more compact and like the atmospheres that we've had in the south stand like the displays we pulled yeah. off as a group but just as a fan base in general things have improved so much in the south stand and even like with you guys organising the nights in the four provinces and stuff has grown a really good like uh, camaraderie with like Rovers fans as a whole. But I think that I do see that a lot of thing, like, things in the fan scene do something like they're getting kind of divided. People are in their own little groups that are separate. And then amongst all that, there's thousands of kids who are just throwing chips at each other <laughs> and don't really give a bollocks about the club, about the game. They're just doing something on a Friday That's night. That's been going on since yeah, But like, I think it's gotten it's like, a it's, lot it's even worse. Funny, it's like, now to mention, like, even among, like, so, my, like, in my group, like, you're looking at people who are kind of ranging from late 30s up to into their 60s, yeah. you know, at this point, who, being there, done that. And, like, so we, we were always block pig. East stand, that was our spot. Fucking great. And now we've moved our blocks ahead, back in the south now. Fucking love it. Fuck, I know. Fuck it. But like, I, like, I fucking love it. I fucking love it. Like, yeah. And but other people are like, like but same thing. People are like, oh, uh, it's very hard for me to see what's happening down the other end. But then there's like, there's Fergus McCormick who'll just say, so I, like, he says, I liked Tala. I thought Tala was brilliant. I only lo- started to love Tala. When we got the same stand, yeah. once again, it is it, still it, in it, its it, infancy I, 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 as well. It is in yeah. its infancy, and I think, I think it has like the South Stand has made talent. Yeah, it, it like yeah, we had great days, we had great nights, we won stuff, great atmospheres. But in terms of, in terms of putting us on the map, yeah, so I, want to, I think the South Stand has done that. No, I we're all, with the exception of Carol. We're all football supporters who like to be behind a goal. <laughs> okay. And behind a goal is where ultras watch football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But I think ultimately um, we all have the same goal. We just want Rovers to progress. Yeah. yeah. And we all have different ideas how that can be done. But I think a United front is massive. And it's we're hoping once again it is in its infancy. When you think about what we've done in the small amount of time that we've been in Tala, what was it, thirteen years, fourteen years, maybe two thousand and nine, it's it's a massive achievement. And I think the only the only way we can go forward is if, if we have a united front. And I think ultimately there's, there's going to so be much tough. potential yeah. there to just so take it. Yeah, and I said like, sorry, just just, just to go back. But, yeah, but what's going to happen there? Like uh, the north stand is it going to be? 
who's going to go in there? Are, are the ultras going to move up that end? Man, nah. I don't think that's going to be allowed yeah. by the guards because the way fans yeah. come in that end. So I like I like to think that everyone who's in the south stand now will stay in the south, south stand. Yeah. So who's yeah. going to go to the north stand? Is going to be fat but that's ultimately that's up to the that, club, club and the volunteers and everybody involved to fill, that. To fill yeah, it. Yeah. And I'm just raging. There's no corporate boxes. I wanted a corporate box. <laughs> yeah. I wanted the prawn sandwich ultras. <laughs> the forky box, but it's all it's up to us, the club, everybody as a collective to be able to fill that stand and to make Tala a hotbed and to make the whole of West and all South Dublin rovers. So. Ultimately, that is it, but we'll leave it at that, lads. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, and um, we'll keep it at that and keep on helping. Thanks a lot. Yeah, Gary. Cheers. Cheers yeah, so, Prof, this was, uh, this was a lot of editing, unfortunately, for the Prof, but it was uh, it was an experience. It was great. I think it could have went on a lot longer. Just the origins of the, like we spoke about earlier, of actually bringing something alien into the Irish game and, and running with it, and then the connections of... People sending flagpoles left and right and centre and, and the connections that they made in the early days of the internet. I just found it fascinating. Yeah, no, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, like you said, it's particularly the early days of the internet. Because um, we had Paul Thomas there and he actually made the the, the first form. First ever. I think we were yeah. the first league burning club to have a website. Mm. I think that was 96. Uh, obviously, that's where the ultras kind of talked and discussed everything in the early days, early days of the net. Um, I think my favorite part was the the best displays discussion. Um, love, everyone had different answers, which yeah. I liked for different reasons. Um, I think we fear no Danes was up there with my favorites. Yeah. Obviously, the cup final display was incredible, and I think I have more, even more appreciation for it now when I listen to Ethan and how much work went into it. Wow. They had no lies for a month. A month. Yeah. And then, like three months after, they're just like, blocking each other. Like, don't, <laughs> yeah. don't talk to you. Covid was a great thing, yeah. Yeah. Fascinating um, stuff. So um, no, no, it was, it was brilliant. Um, now, fair play to you for putting that together. This was all your idea. I think. I think I only spoke about it twice in the whole thing, which I, <laughs> I was happy with. I just, I just wanted to sit back and. How listen. many times did I have to keep Forky at bay with the oh, hand? Oh, the hand went up a few times. The hand went up. And Forky's just dying to jump in. I was like Forky, come on, relax. I think at one stage we nearly delved into politics. We had to shut that down. I think he said. I think he saw a Palestine flag and he was like, "What's that doing at football?" I was like, "Oh Jesus Christ, here we go!" But yeah, no thanks to the lads for having us. And um, uh, I think nothing else really that we could do going forward is something similar. But we'll think of something else edgy coming soon. But uh, that is it. Prof. I think we've done a lot of special shows in the last couple of months, haven't we? Yeah. I think these are you've been spoiled. <laughs> All these teams and the seventies and ultras and. 10th anniversaries of books Bukes Bukes yeah all sorts going on I think we should chill out for a while actually just do some normal shows but that's it anyway there's a new Tifties hotline next week so look at your phones check your messages you might get the call you might get the call up for the first team but that is it for this week we will see you in the South Stand big games coming up you have to make sure get down to Tallah Stadium support this team they deserve it They've done so much over the last couple of years to keep us happy and joyful as Rovers fans and they need your support when they're down, especially when the chips are down. This is massive for the club this week. So make sure I see you in Block X and keep on hooping. See ya. It's absolute shocker. 42,000 morons going to watch Liverpool's reserve team.
what I'm a doing today. Sitting here drinking, trying to keep them thinking I'm a boozing my troubles away. But now I couldn't make her stay with well, doggone her anyways. You can't say that I didn't try. Pour me another one, I'm finished with the other one. I'm drinking my baby goodbye. Every time we disagree, she was always asking me, are you a man or a mouse? Now that she's gone, she probably thinks that I'm home just moving around the house. She probably thinks that she's the one thing I just couldn't get along without. Well, wouldn't it surprise her? I got a sympathizer as long as these bottles hold out. Well, I'm a-sitting on the bar stool, acting like a dirt fool. That's what I'm a-doing today. And I'm sitting here drinking, trying to keep from thinking